Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 2, Episode 32. Uh, here we are again, folks. That fucking snow's coming down outside. I smell those Christmas cookies cooking up in the oven there. Uh, we're doing some trashing through the snow, and we're kicking it off with Prancer from 1989, directed by John Hancock. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, the 10th Reindeer McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. I believe you saw a deer in the woods. There's lots of them around. But I don't believe it was Santa's, and I don't believe it flies. It looks just like this one, Prancer. See the white mark on his forehead? Hey, wait a minute. Remember it was Prancer that fell down on Main Street? That's right, it was. So is this one. I have a magazine that had all the ranges lined up. I cut them out, and this is the order. This is Prancer, and this is, this is um, Prancer, Dancer, Prancer, okay, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer. This is Vixen, this is Prancer. Are you going to eat your pickle? Uh, actually, it's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Oh my god. So this fucking movie was not as warm and fuzzy and holiday spirit as I fucking remember. That or my childhood was that bleak. I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff you've said on this show, Connor, you were, you've been painting a picture for us, so maybe. <laughs> maybe this was like, yeah, this is kind of like a silver lining. Everything in their life sucks too. <laughs> you you know, you, you brought this up. Hey, you got apples. At least you got apples. Yeah, you got fucking, he, oh shit, man. We got apple strudel, apple pancakes, apple. We're going to cook apple burger fry. I'm going to make your pants out of apples. It'll be fine. Apple pie, apple tooth toothpaste, apple juice, cider. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, uh, whatever. Um, yeah, you, you brought this up, and we were like, because we were trying to figure out what we were going to do this year, and Connor's like, yeah, let's do Prancer, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, have, I haven't seen this. Uh, I think I've seen this one time, and I don't remember it at all. I thought this was another movie, a completely different film. Um, and I think there is, isn't there another film called Prancer from like the nine, like the, uh, later nineties? Prancer Returns is a movie that came out in 2001, which is the direct-to-video sequel that has nothing to do with this film. Okay, that's the one I think I've seen. And I'm like, wow, that one's kind of, you know, I'll tell you one thing, it's probably a lot light, more lighthearted than this fucking movie. I'm sure it's a fucking sweet cup of coffee compared to this, like, you know, Black Death coffee cup that uh, I was suddenly served. I am not, like, I like, okay, so I like sentimental movies, or movies that touch my heart during the, the holiday season, but this one, damn, it's like, there. it's like a fucking, it's like a stick of holly right through the fucking heart. <laughs> yeah, especially after we just did Salvation, Terminator Salvation, which, you know, it's a little bleak. Yeah. Then we did Blood Rage, and, you know, that movie really ends on a fucking downer if there ever was one. Yeah. So uh, I was hoping to come into this one with a, a pretty happy ending, and I guess we kind of get it, but the rest of the film is super depressing. Question fucking mark, dude. We got one seemingly out of obligation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I feel like I feel like a studio exec was like, uh, you need to put some fucking Christmas shit in here, like good stuff. Nobody wants to see this shit. I thought you said this movie would have magic. It does have magic. The magic of suffering. 
<laughs> this movie's depressing as shit. This director, let, let's start with this guy, Connor. You you were saying before the show, this guy's done uh, a few things that you wanted to bring up in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, because uh, one of the things I noticed in this viewing was that uh, I was like, you know, I could be wrong, but sometimes this movie looks like it was made by someone who's made a horror film or two. Yeah, well, he also signed the Declaration of Independence, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was thinking it, but I wasn't gonna say it. So thank you. He was a big. He he was big in the eighties, right? The nineteen eighties. Herbie, Herbie, yeah. Dorkiest joke I've ever heard, but I fucking love it. I'm off. I'm awful. Here we go. Joe Joe stepped in front of me to take that bullet. <laughs> he directed Wolfen and Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Wow. Well, no, no, he didn't. He didn't direct Wolfen. I'm sorry. He was associated, uncredited with it. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I I did not. Ass- I didn't. I didn't put those two together in my head. I was like, Wolfen. It's a weird one too, because on Wikipedia. Just, just for the frame of reference here, it, it has him uncredited referencing Wolfen, but if you look up his IMDb, it's nowhere on his uh, yeah. list of things he's worked on. So I don't know what that Wolfen credit is. Did he come in and fucking take a leak in the background? Did he actually film something? Did he write a line of dialogue? It's, I have no idea. But he was also the original director of Jaws 2 before he left that project for reasons. Oh, God. Oh. You're telling me. That at the end of the movie, Brody's gonna take a live wire out of the water and shove it in the giant fucking shark's mouth? He's gonna. You want me to film this thing? He's gonna electrocute it to death? I got a reindeer project in the back burner I gotta go film. Um, I gotta. My theory is that he was the one who suggested that. And they were like, that's fucking stupid. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> and then they brought somebody else in and like. All right, shoot the shot, get electrocuted at the end of the fucking movie, whatever. Kind of like the uh, the American werewolf in uh, Paris, just cherry-picking those guys' ideas and then just kicking them to the curb. <laughs> yup. But yeah, this movie, like, there's some scenes where they have, like, an Evil Dead skyline and, like, the moon is lit all creepy and the, this fucking title character, the reindeer, screams like William Birkin from Resident Evil 2. <sighs> like, it's terrifying. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I, I completely agree with you to an extent, though, right? So... Um, when you watch Bob Clark's Black Christmas, and then you watch Bob Clark's A Christmas Story, those films kind of feel like each other, Yeah, but don't. Does that make sense? And I see what you're saying. I've never had to think about those two movies in the same thought. (laughs) Yeah, well, yep, same director, bud. Um, so when I think about them in terms of this film with Let's Scare Jessica to Death and... A Christmas movie, like a light, what's supposedly supposed to be a lighthearted Christmas movie. I can see where the horror elements are, like vividly, (laughs) because this is no big bully, man. This isn't. This isn't like where there's like actual scenes that you're like, wow, that's fucking creepy. That's well, that's like a Steve Miner Friday the Thirteenth thing, right? Right. right. Especially the woods shit. But like, this is like uh, again, like Connor said, when you see that fucking thing on the ridge there in the moonlight, (laughs) it's like, what the fuck? And, like, there's even scenes just, like, of characters just doing normal, mundane things that are shot like a horror movie. Like, a creepy... Like, it's shot like they're trying to build suspense. I'm yes, like, Stop exactly. it. You're making me uncomfortable. I kind of was into it, but I didn't know how to feel. At one point, the little girl, uh, Jessie, the main character, she threatens some other kids with a fucking scythe. She does. Get the fuck away from my reindeer. It's waiting for Isaac to come out of the fucking cornfield or that kid from uh, Demonic Toys from the third movie. Oh, man. There you go. Recruiter ass. <laughs> Come out, come come out and uh, praise the thing that walks in the shadows in the cornfields. Yeah, Prancer is he who walks behind the rose. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to butter up this girl to like bring her over to his side. And he comes out and he's just like, Mah! 
There is no reindeer, only Prancer. Yeah. That's a better ending than the movie got, man. Better than that fucking dragon thing, whatever the hell that was. Uh, well, yeah. I'll take Prancer, a fucking reindeer, over that thing. It was a see-through paper cutout, all right? Sometimes you don't show those those things, right? Yeah, that's an instance, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. You just don't need it. Yeah, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah, do like Birdman. Make me think he jumped out the window, but maybe he flew. Right. Yeah, maybe he did fly, or did he question mark? Well, you know what, Connor? We're going to come back to that concept at the end of this film. It's the loftiest comparison I could make to this movie. <laughs> so, little girl Jessica Riggs... Uh, apparently, like, uh, like we said, her mother passed away, and she's very sad around Christmas, and, uh, she's obsessed with Christmas, she's obsessed with the reindeer, and, uh, she sees a plastic reindeer fall in her fucking neighborhood, and she's convinced it's Prancer from Santa's reindeer, and wouldn't you believe it, but a a fucking reindeer pops up in her, uh, neighborhood, and she's convinced that is also Prancer, and, uh, you know, it, it sustains an injury, and she nurses it back to health with the help of Abe Vigoda. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I guess throughout the film, uh, shit happens that I guess we're just going to talk about. That That's the gist of the film. Some stuff happens <laughs> yeah. at the end that's just fucking mind-boggling that we'll get to. Get ready for, like, hope and uh, 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 metaphors and and good old-fashioned Christmas spirit. Or whatever. And lots of white-collar suffering. Blue-collar suffering. Blue-collar suffering. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But actual blue-collar suffering that you don't feel good about. (laughs) Oh, this is the nitty-gritty. You get that Roman Catholic uh, guilt put on top of you. This is hard. This is like Grapes of Wrath shit. (laughs) With a fucking reindeer. Everyone's just coughing up dust. You can't feed your kids. You can't keep your farm. But come to church, goddammit. Oh, yeah. Make sure you go to church, because whatever... Fucking strike the harp and and join the chorus. Here we go. Yeah, we get the classroom scene. Holy shit. This is how we introduce our characters, by the way. (laughs) This teacher's insane. I thought it was like a music teacher or some shit, but I guess it's just her regular teacher, her school teacher. Who's kind of an asshole, but not really. In the beginning, at least. Yeah. Oh, this is when I first got the hint that like the grown-ups this movie are all terrible. Yeah. It's a it's a music lesson, I guess, and all these kids are singing and I'm sorry, but there's nothing worse to me than the sound of like children singing just like that in just this open echoey classroom. Um Jessica is the epitome of that said problem. Oh my god, yes. Uh because she is like nails on a chalkboard singing at the top of her lungs like out of key in like the scratchiest little child voice you've ever heard. I mean, it's on purpose, obviously. My dad doesn't pay enough attention to me, so I'm going to scream at you. That's what I was going to get to, is that the one of the key traits in this character th- for this movie is that she wants attention because she's not getting any, so she seeks it from everyone. Mm-hmm. She's like a fucking uh, uh, social vampire, this little girl. Yes, except you don't pass out while she's talking to you. The teacher, she's getting like different kids in the class to sing their part, and then she gets the other half, and then she's like, all right, let's zone in on these like four students. Let's make an example of you, child. She is honing in on where that off-key voice is coming from. Let's be real. She's like, okay, wait a second. She goes between two people that caused the MDU to kind of collide in on itself. <laughs> But she's like, it's the way she does it is hilarious because she's like, okay, let's hear this half of the room. All right, let's hear this half of the room. Stop, you. Okay, (laughs) now let's hear the quarter of the room back here. Okay, now just you two? Okay, it's you. Uh, Can you shut the fuck up, please? Because we're trying to sing. You'll remember this for the rest of your awkward life. As I point you out and embarrass you in front of the whole fucking class. Today is the last day of your self-esteem. And then almost as if dropped out of a... Fucking portal by John Hurt. 
Uh, Rusty Griswold raises his hand <laughs> and, and asks everyone to stop making fun of poor little Jessica. What the fuck? Where are we? What universe is this? What what year is it? You know what we were just talking about? You know who this is, right? It's not Joe Buchanan. It's John Hughes Buchanan. Oh, my God. He's back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're in his personalized Christmas hellscape. He's back in full effect. He's dropping Rusty, and he's like, remember the... <laughs> Remember Chris's vacation I wrote and Chris Columbus was supposed to direct? <laughs> well, he's rusty. Holy shit, he is back. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, who haven't uh, gone back and listened to the Baby's Day Out episode in particular, that film, we uh, just to give a quick recap on it, uh, is clearly Home Alone 4, the original Home Alone 4. Uh, or a prequel. I'm not sure exactly how we broke it down. Well, it's Home Alone 4 begins. Uh, but yeah, that was written by John Hughes and... Uh, Somehow, some way, we can't really get into the semantics right this moment, but uh, John Hughes and John Hurt, a.k.a. Dr. Joe Buchanan, did the fusion dance or, you know, trade a patara rings. I'm not really sure, uh, but they fused uh, kind of like in a two-faced scenario or I believe, as Connor put it, a... Uh... Co- well, composite Superman? Yes, composite Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Who is literally just like Batman and Superman stitched together like Frankenstein in the middle. It's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. That's how you get John Hughes Buchanan. So, you know what? To bring it back to what Joe was saying. Yeah, it is. It, it's all fucked up, man. Harry and Marv are running, Marv's running around with, with Joe Pesci on his stomach somewhere. Oh, my God. Talk about a fucking sight. They're merged. And French Stewart is now the main protagonist. Or antagonist, rather. Or maybe protagonist of his own story. Are, you, are we establishing here that anything associated with Hughes Buchanan is, like, the darkest timeline? Yes. It's a dark Christmas timeline, right? <laughs> Everything is terrible. Well, dark Christmas, yeah. I think the darkest timeline still belongs to Yui Bowl somewhere out there in the multiverse. But uh, or, or Baldwin. You know, there's that planet of Baldwins out there somewhere. This is what happened. Okay, so Joe Buch- Joe, obviously Joe merged with John and became John Hughes Buchanan, right? Right, right. Naturally. But here's the thing. Daniel Baldwin got so pissed off one Christmas, and he wrote his own script instead of taking everybody else's. Oh. And he ripped it up, and he threw it out the window, and Krampus came and put a curse on him, and then he fucked out, He fucked his whole future up, man. Oh, my God. John Hughes merged with John, with John Hurt. And then they made that fucking Krampus movie, and that, that it all went from there. Yeah, it's just like that. It's, it's, it's akin to that, right? Okay. Suddenly, Krampus has so much weight in his universe. Yes, he does. I mean, he's not quite a Pennywise. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Now, let's not be mistaken. He's not the Germanic folklore Krampus. He is the MDU Krampus. Who? Oh, man. Which is just John Hurt in chains and a hoodie. <laughs> I was about to ask, so who is Krampus? But naturally, it's just John Hurt. Well, that's like the Scooby-Doo ending, right? You pull the hood off and there are the, I was here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Just rattling him, screaming, Ebenezer. <laughs> He's also <laughs> simultaneously Jacob Marley. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> where was we? Okay, we're in a classroom or whatever. Yeah, and so this teacher, like, zeroes in this poor girl and embarrasses the garbage out of her. Um and then we cut to the, the play they were, I guess, rehearsing for. And it's the creepiest <laughs> fucking nativity play I've ever seen. And it's the only one I've ever seen. I mean, the only thing that comes close is the Home Alone 2 scene. Like, that's the only other one I can think of that, that is on this level. This is weirder than the uh, stepmom Thanksgiving play Christmas thing that they do. This was oddly ceremonial and had, like, a teacher at the stage, like, reading, I guess, 
lines from this play or lines from the Bible. I couldn't tell, but she was reading it like fucking Jim Jones from Jonestown. Like, I'm like, this is all scary as fuck. What is this? The frogs are gay. The three wise men saw the star and they, they fucking, they merge with the donkey and pop. And they get all the spices from the Orients. Communist menace. Listen, I grew up in a in an Irish Roman Catholic family. So this stuff was bringing me back mm. to my fucking <laughs> roots, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, uh, obviously Christmas has a lot to do with religion. It's kind of like, you know, some people would argue the crux of it all. Um, but, but, uh, I, I, I might be, you know, tipping my hand a little bit too early, but uh, most uh, Christmas movies, I think, just kind of use it as the way I like to put it, window dressing. It's not, you know, it's not the fucking main part of the movie. This movie, on the other hand, really fucking leans into it. This movie uh, nearly dies. It leans into it so hard it stabbed itself. Into a, into a cross, you know. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it like so much so that like faith and, be- and and faith in God is the only thing that can save you. Yeah. And faith in things that don't really like exist. They they use Santa Claus as kind of like a scapegoat to kind of <laughs> throw that in there. And there's a scene later we're gonna get to where they make a direct. Uh, parallel to God and Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Well, even she, even the thing with like, uh, you know, the power of healing and wow, doctors are stupid. Yeah, they don't know anything. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking heavy, man. It's heavy, dude. It gets real heavy real quick. Like yeah. for a kids' fucking Christmas movie about a reindeer. <sighs> But it's not. Yeah, never forget that, people. This movie is about one of Santa's reindeer, possibly, that, like, crash lands and has to go back with his, like, friends and family at the North fucking Pole. It's got to do with magic. It's debatable. But the tone of this movie disagrees. It's debatable. (laughs) So she does the play, and, you know, her dad doesn't come. I mean, you don't know yet. It's just the dad. You don't know that her mother's passed away quite yet. But she's looking around. No one's there to pick her up. So she's moping. And, uh, she, uh, she, I, what does she walk home? This is like a theme in this film, this girl walking home all the time. Yes. Her and Lex from Jurassic Park are walking home together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now we just got to get Sam Neill in here and we're good. Ariana Richards. Here she is. Uh, funny enough, both of these people, these little actresses got out of acting relatively early. Yeah. Well, no. Because uh, I think um, the actress who plays Jessica is Rebecca Harrell, and her yeah. married name is Tickle, so her name's Rebecca Tickle. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I know she became a big environmental activist when she got older, but she doesn't really act anymore. I think she was working until, like, 2001. That's not too bad. So about 15, 20 years. Yeah. They didn't become actresses later on, I guess is a better term. I think Ariana came back for The Lost World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's like the last place I saw her. Yeah, for one fucking scene to talk about her grandpa. Yeah, she's like, uh, grandpa's crazy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See, see you later, Dr. Malcolm. This is when they're walking home and they're kind of uh, just uh, just being pouty, because that's the tone of this movie. Um, and then a uh, display reindeer above one of the traffic lights uh, has one of its reindeer crash and explode in the street violently. Um, And gets run over by some maniac? <laughs> <laughs> This guy's doing like fucking 90. He, this reindeer falls and this motherfucker runs over this thing and does like 10 donuts on top of it and then drives away. 
and they're like, oh, I'm glad that fucking Rainier didn't fall through his windshield. It's weirdly cynical for a scene that's just supposed to set up the plot kind of innocently. Like, oh, well, look at that. That's sad. The reindeer fell, and some guy's like, crunch. At one point, the, the, like this dude gets out of his truck. For, it's just like a split second. I thought it was Clint Howard, because he looks up and goes, that was Prancer or whatever, or a goddamn old Christmas lights or decorations. <laughs> I was convinced it was Clint Howard. I thought it was. Shayless has made his return. <laughs> he didn't have that fucking yellow raincoat that he had on in House of the Dead, so I didn't recognize him. Oh, he's like, oh, I got a hook for a hand. You ain't going to that island, ain't you, kid? What island? I need an adult. So Jessica, she sees with uh, her friend this fucking reindeer fall, and she is like automatically knows, oh, it's like the third one over, so it's Prancer, just like the song. <laughs> Dancer, Prancer, Comet, Cupid, Donna, Blitzen, or whatever. She's like, she's she's frantic. She's running up to the guy working on the lights. Are you going to fix something? <laughs> Are you going to put him back together? <laughs> this guy looks at her. No, I'm going to take him outside and shoot him, because that's the solution to all of our problems in this movie. This guy looks at this little girl and she's like, she's like, are you going to fix him? And he's like, um, and he just walks away. Doesn't say a fucking word. <laughs> Starts lighting a cigarette and just walks off. Oh, it's Benny. Yeah. <laughs> You're surprised he didn't pull a beer out of his pocket and just hand it to her. And like, yeah, leave me alone, kid. Here you go, kid. It'll be okay. Go in this hole. There's definitely not a dragon down here. <laughs> Throws the fucking reindeer shit down a hole. There you go. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. This is one of the earlier signs that the adults in this movie are all these sunken-eyed, sullen, like, just crushed souls who all just inhabit these old husks for bodies. You know what? They don't live in the same town as Clark Griswold, so they don't get to see him put all his fucking beautiful Christmas lights up. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're in the other part of town. They're in the shitty part where everyone's poor. They might as well be in Silent Hill, okay? They're, <laughs> they're in the lowest part. So, like, Clark's, like, right in the middle, and then the McAllisters are, like, up uptown. Right, because it's, it's all Chicago, clearly. Yeah, like you were saying, the, the solemn look on these people's faces. This town is is ready to die. <laughs> um, every Like, everybody is it's, just, it's like... It's like a Lovecraft town. Like everyone's gaunt and like yeah, they're like half mutated fish people with fucking gills on their neck and shit. <laughs> they're losing their hair. They're like jaundice. Yeah, their skin is gray. Like and they're just like eh. yeah. So we go. So we go to her farm. We go to Jessica's farm that she lives on with her dad. And uh, how you doing, Sam Elliott? How's it going? You smoking your Marlboros or what? <laughs> I, I just got back from a real nice drive. This man is so handsome. Yeah, he he looks just the same. He's timeless. He like. Sam Elliott is a very gravelly speaker, and he definitely plays it up in his movies. But in this film in particular, I felt like this guy had fucking marbles in his mouth the entire time. A little bit, yeah. For, for all of about 20 lines of dialogue he gets in the film. <laughs> his his character is just to be miserable for 95% of the film and then suddenly perk up for the last five. Yeah. And be like, you know what? Life isn't so bad. Like, I get that Sam Elliott already kind of looks like a cowboy, but he I was getting some Red Dead vibes from this guy. I thought he was going to fucking come out with the Dutch Vandalin gang any second now we're going to we're moving to tahiti jessica okay <laughs> dude he's like he's like well known for like western roles and it's, i know yeah, yeah 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 but uh but yeah man he is like the like when i think of cowboy i think of sam elliott but yeah like his fucking hair is perfect like he's just he looks fine he's just older right his his mustache has always been the same color and length yeah he's in shape <laughs> he's handsome he's very striking 
He's got a he's got a deep cowboy voice. Yeah. This this we we may want to make love to him. The sound of this conversation, okay? It's it's possible. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm not gonna personally go that far, but you guys have at it. If it gets cold <laughs> enough, and he needs to make a buck anyway, I think so. Yeah, because you know he's already sold his fucking tractor for peanuts. Because all he's got is like rotten apples falling off this fucking tree that he's trimming down. And. Jessica comes over and she tries to like talk about her day and he's like, whatever, we're poor and sad. Where you been? You you were supposed to do your chores. But don't you remember I had the Christmas play today, Dad? And uh, guess what? Instead of the, <laughs> the kid who had baby Jesus lost him, so they made him into, they put a bag of rocks in there and replaced it. And <laughs> and Sam Elliott is just looking at her, what's, what feels like an eternity in dead in the dead silence of winter <laughs> and then turns around and starts clipping his apple tree again my level of give a fuck girl is at zero <laughs> she's like yeah are we poor are we gonna are we gonna, are we gonna be able to eat and that's when he drops his whole line about all the apple fucking different apple things he's gonna make her you mean he rambles off the bubba gumps uh apple restaurants yes exactly he mutters under his breath after he says it well we run out of apples i don't know what we're gonna do uh <laughs> apple soup apple turkey apple sandwiches if if suddenly everything becomes apples the apples will run out faster <laughs> my god when life gives you apples make apple pie for the winner when you got two pieces of bread and apples just stick two apples together and you got apple pie <laughs> Dad, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. All right, little lady. Go to school. Make sure you eat the skin because it gives you... If you wait for the bread to get stale, it'll make for a better crust. <laughs> it gives you the fiber you need to be regular. Don't just drink the juice. Let me know if you find any dying animals. I have my gun at the ready at any moment. <laughs> right, come on. Like, arm, like... <laughs> I've been itching to shoot something. Seriously, um... Okay, so this—that's my—I have a problem with this, right? So the farm has just been dying forever, it seems. And how long does it snow in Chicago? Well, that's why I laughed when Connor said it's like Silent Hill. It's like you know that is something out of fucking Silent Hill. It's like when you go to the bad part of town, you just find this like desolate farm with everything dead. Yeah, yeah, and it just stays that way forever. Like it just is this perpetual winter where everything's dead. Just got a bunch of Charlie Brown trees all over, and that's it. Yeah, they have cows. They have chickens. They have pigs. Cow. Key, the, not plural. They have a cow. They have cow. They got Ralph. Ralph the horse. <laughs> Don't they have chickens and pigs? Or am I crazy? Uh, there is a scene where Abe Fagoda leaps out of a sty of pigs, but those are not uh, Sam Elliott's pigs. Oh. Sounding like lots of the older veterinarians I've ever worked with. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm I'm just guessing that, like, I put all my money into the orchard and it took a shit. Oops. I mean, it's probably that, and maybe his wife probably, like, had a job that was, you know, she's probably the breadwinner, so. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know, or, or let's say for the sake of argument, maybe she was. Maybe they were both making the same amount of money, but regardless, you're losing all that income. I mean, I guess there's always a chance that, uh... She was a stay-at-home mom, but I think the implication is, like, no matter what, she had cancer or something, because... They don't tell you exactly. I, it's a lot of implied shit. Yeah. You know, nothing's ever, like you said, nothing's ever flat-out said. It's like, oh, here's a picture, and here's Jesse bringing a fucking teacup to it and just leaving it there and, you know, blowing a kiss. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of grown-ups being asked a question and then having a faraway look and having, like, a Vietnam flashback we're not privy to. They handle it pretty well, like, as far as storytelling in the in the film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's there's weird things. Like, there's weird, like, yeah, like Sean was saying, like, weird, like, shrine, like, offerings of the tea and, like... 
Um, the the off color comment about doctors, like we'll get to later, but well, and, and and like the whole point of that scene with her giving the uh, the tea to her mother's picture. I mean, obviously, for the audience's sake, just to really just like put a button on that. And uh, two, she also overhears because she also lives with her brother and uh, her 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 father's sister in law. Who I guess she doesn't live with her, but she comes over and stays there a lot of the time, every day, just about. Like she has her own family, so she's that's. I mean, that's pretty cool that's very nice of her to do that yeah 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 i guess she's just she's trying to help out sam yeah but when she when uh jesse brings out the fucking teacups she overhears outside her dad and her aunt kind of talking about something she doesn't know what but it's like one of those cases where it's like she just catches the tail end of the conversation that's like oh did you tell her about the thing yet and he's like ah, i gotta tell her about the thing i gotta tell her i got a surprise for her she's gonna love it but not really she's actually gonna hate me after i tell her thanks sis-in-law she thinks i'm getting rid of her but <laughs> sam isn't that what you're doing yes I kind of uh, am. The answer is yes, because she's not pulling her fucking weight and doesn't listen to me when I talk. Yeah. <laughs> she d- she acts up at school because I don't say anything to her, and I talk to her like she's a fucking animal. <laughs> it's, my fa- it's my failures as a parent. <laughs> not only that, but, like, she does not listen. And Sam's like, I'm, yeah, well, good night. Fine. Like, there's no repercussions? Yeah. You do that again, I'm going to go take a nap about it. If this was any other movie, she'd be getting a fucking backhand across the face from drunk dad who's trying to save the farm, but not really. I mean, he gets awful close a few times. Yeah, that, there was one spot where I thought she was getting a fucking fresh one because she was like, she's like, I'm not listening to you anymore. And he's like, what? He's like, I'm sad. I'm trying to do the best I can. Did you're not listening? Did you say you're not going to listen? She's like, no, I'll listen, but listen. So, yeah, Jessica and Lex from Jurassic Park are going out sledding, uh, and they're walking, and she's like, and this is when she's talking to her about, like, oh, I heard my dad talking to my mom about uh, something uh, that, that they haven't told me yet. And she's like, is this a surprise? And she's like, maybe. And she's like, maybe it's a Christmas present. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's something good. And she's like, oh, great. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a hot meal. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's something besides apples for dinner. <laughs> and her friend goes, are you a horse? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they get to the, where this sled location is on the top of the hill, and they're like, wow, there's like nobody here. What they don't know is the night before, Clark Griswold greased up this fucking metal uh, <laughs> you know, pan and took it down for a ride of his fucking life. So, you know, that place had to be cleaned up quick, and nobody's there now. Yeah, yeah they shut that shit down real fast. Bingo. Yeah, so, so they're about to, so so they're going down this hill, um, which is apparently connected to Aunt Agatha's mansion. <laughs> well, I don't think that's Aunt Agatha. I think that's Aunt Sophia. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, because you know, at the way Double Double Toil and Trouble ended, Agatha got switched with fucking Sophia in the mirror, and then we all know what happened to her. The hug a bunch fucking raped her for the rest of the centuries, you know, till the end of time. <laughs> Uh, destroyed her, ate her. We don't know what the fuck they're doing in the hug of land. Oh, man, they tore her soul apart, didn't they? Right. But, you know, she had that butler husband, the guy that she was, like, couldn't get to that was outside the mirror for, like, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Well, you know, that guy, you know, he, he lost 10, 12 years. You were already old. The, the guy died eventually. And he was old then. He was, exactly. And, uh, you know, she couldn't fill that fucking hole in her heart, so uh, she moved to Chicago. Uh, you know, she left him, you know, of course she left them some money. That's why, you know, her house isn't as big. It's big, but it's not that big. No. And, uh, she, uh, 
I don't know what the fuck her name is in this. Well, let's just say it's Aunt Sophia, just to simplify things. And uh, Miss McFarlane. You know, maybe that was the butler's fucking last name. And maybe she took the last name, Joe. I think you just solved it for me. <laughs> she went to live out in the snowy fucking wilderness. <laughs> like some, like, widowed duchess. Aunt Agatha, as much as I complained about the length of her hair, and uh, Aunt Sophia, bless her goddamn heart, the two of them were, uh, they, they were pretty fancy dressers. Yeah, they were. This woman... Looks like she came out of the goddamn chimney. She looks like a fucking 13th century sorceress when she runs out of this fucking house. <laughs> like she, she's got this, like, she looks like she's fucking dressed like the evil queen from Snow White or something. She's just, like, flowing cloak and cape and robe or shit on, whatever the fuck. It looks like she drove a motorcycle through East, East, West and came out the other side. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I don't get, too, is, like, I don't know if this is, like, a character quirk of hers or just, like, bad fucking costume design. But, like, the way she does her makeup is, like, she has this really, like, light-colored palette on her face and then, like, this bright-as-hell red lipstick on. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, is that a character quirk or did somebody fuck up in the makeup department? Because that is atrocious. Uh, she's, uh, she's, she's definitely bold. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and she has stark red hair. So these little girls come sledding, like, tear-assing down this fucking hill. I'm talking, like, Mach 10 down this fucking thing. Let me tell you something. The following crash would have killed this kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. She fucking, <laughs> she fucking runs, like, right over this woman's flowers and destroys them. Yeah. Like, her deadly nightshade or whatever. <laughs> No, my herbs, my potions. Oh no, my potions. Yeah, because here's a here's a flip on that fucking Granny Van Dam's in that house with her. <laughs> What's going on out there? God damn it! Their housemates. Yeah, their housemates. The MDU Golden Girls. She she has the sex dungeon in the basement. Oh my god! Get the get the fuck in here and close the door. It's cold. I'm naked. <laughs> this is my winter lodge where I keep my my other men downstairs. Come on in, little little girl. <laughs> Just because I don't wear clothes doesn't mean I don't get cold. You want a cookie? Or what? Gutter in the Six Flags guy don't know about this place. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Somehow Charnetsky knows about it. He's there hanging out eating chicken. He doesn't want to fuck anybody. He just wants to eat. <laughs> Charnetsky's got a part-time job. We're going to get to him in a second. He's staying there, though. Yeah, for sure. This movie just feels like a bunch of like loose temporal ends from the MDU now. It's just like there's a frayed line there. There's a frayed line there. There's a splinter there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, so she's like sliding down. She runs over this plant. Cloris Leachman's like yelling at her, like, Goddamn little rugrat, we're fucking up our plants again. This is objectively the funniest thing in this movie because she comes out and she's like, Terrorists! Terrorists! Fully clothed terrorists! Get off my property! Yeah, you heathens! So she, and this little girl slides right under this giant gate. Like, this hill is on, like, a beeline to this gate, and there's just enough room for her to slide under it. And then Cloris Leachman's, like, walking down this driveway. She's like, oh, god damn it! And she's, like, she, like, holds onto the gate and, like, slips underneath it? Like, on her ass? Well, she, like, busts her ass, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she wanted to catch her, she could have done the old Kevin McAllister move and done a running jump and just belly slid towards her. Whoa! <laughs> and then got her. She runs and just like throws her legs forward, just slides down straight in her back. Oh man, fucking, where's that wheelchair, dude? Fire it down there. Here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not using it. Here you go. I'm fine where I am. <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap. Naked. No, that's when she puts clothes on is when there's <laughs> when there's people around. Yeah. Or when she's asleep. Yeah. <laughs> when it doesn't matter. This little girl, she gets away and then she's like kind of just scrambling through the woods, just fucking hanging out, getting lost. And then I guess she gets a little scared because the sun starts setting. And she runs for this, like, gate on the uh, top of a hill, fucking face plants into the Ugh. snow. And then when she looks up, 
There's a fucking reindeer. There's a fu- No, man, that's the fucking deer king of the forest. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing in my woods, child? No, no, it's well, it's zoomed in dramatically. There was nearly a vertigo shot. Like, it's it does that, the fucking Hitchcock shot, almost. And the sky behind it is horror gray, and the moon is, like, fucking blasting light onto this thing. It's fucking Satchmo, dude. From Rugrats. No, or the moose. Yeah, the moose. Remember the moose episode where Grandpa Pickles shows him the picture of the fucking... Uh, Barely. Yeah, it's a, it's a back of a fucking uh, calendar card or whatever. Anyway, it's there, and it's creepy as fuck. Yeah, and then it zooms in, and, the, and it goes... <laughs> She's like, wow, a, di- a real reindeer. Come here. You're not scared of me? Now feels like the appropriate time to uh, bring this up, but... uh. Uh, what I remember most about this movie was that the reindeer scared the shit out of me as a child. It's fucking creepy, dude. Do they really sound like that? Now I remember why. Oh, yeah, they're they're hideous animals. <laughs> That's what this fucking thing sounds like. The sounds it makes are the, like the stock demon sounds from Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. There is one part in particular that I was I laughed out loud because I was just like, you got to be... You gotta be kidding me. Is it after she goes to touch it and he runs away and goes, Ah! No, no, it's later. When we meet him again. So yeah, she's like, oh, a reindeer. Uh, and then like, uh, yeah, is that what happens? It just like runs off, right? Yeah. Yeah, it runs off and screams like, that's the Birkin scream I remember hearing. It runs <laughs> off and like, you don't- Sherry! Yeah. You see it's like legs go into the darkness and it just goes, ah! <laughs> Yeah, it falls over the railing with a pipe in its chest. Yeah. She finally gets home. It's late as fuck, by the way. And her dad, you know, one of his first of many uh, rants in the film. Ah, where the hell were you? You know, ah, you you, you gotta come home early because Cloris Leachman called and you, you fucked up her plants. And, you know, you really gotta get it under control. All right, dad. Uh, all right. Who's gonna pay for that? Me. I'm gonna pay for it. And you're not, you fucking. I saw a reindeer. I don't give a, we're a horse's ass. <laughs> I'm gonna skin you like this fucking apple. That's pretty much every conversation this girl has with her father. I gotta get up at 4 a.m. to corral the goddamn hogs. <laughs> that we don't have. I don't need this shit. But I saw a reindeer. I've been up for four. I've been up for 17 hours already. Go to bed. But, Dad, there's a reindeer. <laughs> I don't care. Point me in the direction of it. I'll shoot it. We can eat it for dinner. Basically, is what he says. And she's like, it was a Christmas miracle. Uh, Good night. The next day she's at school and this is where she's trying to tell her friend about it and her friend is just like, okay, yeah, Prancer, sure, you're not crazy. This is the part of the movie where my where my mouth dropped open. Oh, that's right, because she has the, um, she has... She's got the whole fucking case file. She has the, uh, the cutout now and it has the little white diamond on its forehead and she's like, look, he... Oh, right, from her Christmas decorations. Yeah, she's like, he had the white diamond and everything. She's got the whole case file on it. She's like, I can. I stayed up all night with ten cups of coffee, and I and I drew the lines. She's got like the fucking detective lines all over the wall. He has a noticeable birthmark in the middle of his head. Yeah, it's got to be him because he is vi- dance of prance of, um, dance of, uh, <laughs> dance of vixen comet cupid. Uh, that's right. Okay, this is vixen and this is prance. It's prance. He's this one. Even though there's no sequential order. Haven't you ever heard The Night Santa Went Crazy by Weird Al Yankovic? No, it hasn't come out yet. What? 
I'm trying to remember the lyric for Prancer. You got Dancer in Prancer with an old German Luger. I like how she deduces that it's Prancer because he's next to Vixen. I'm like, how the fuck did you point Vixen out? Like, right, exactly. They're not, it's not like all of them. How do you point any of them out? <laughs> She's like, I cut this one out, but I can't remember what order I cut it out in. Uh, it's Prancer. That's why they made Rudolph, because you could tell which one he was. They're just like, the one with the nose, you know? <laughs> Ah, this is getting too hard. Blitzen, Krieger, Cupid, whatever. Rudolph is the reindeer equivalent of put those turtles in color-coded headbands so people know who the fuck they are. Yeah. <laughs> the kids the kids aren't going to get it. I know it came out after this movie, but wasn't that like a big joke in Ernest fucking saves Christmas? He couldn't remember the name of any of the reindeer. Yeah, and he's like and he's like in the sleigh, and he's like, on fucking whatever and whatever. On crack pipe and fart notch <laughs> and uh, hamburger. Hamburger. On soda pop. On apple dumpling. On Walt Disney. Thank God he had those elves with him. Helper elves. Hey, man. Tinsel's not just for decoration. So so she's telling her about Prancer, her friend Lexi here, which I think her actual name is Carol, but it's Lexi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is Lexi. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Lexi. Hey, uh, hey, Lexi, were you named after Christmas carols? I just want to know, because this is a Christmas film. No? No. My parents aren't religious. Um, we're atheists. <laughs> Because the next fucking bomb she drops on her, she's like, she's like, don't you believe me? She's like, no. And by the way, I don't believe in Santa Claus. And she's like, well, why? Because I never saw him. And she's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You never saw God, and that doesn't, you don't believe God exists. And she's like, eh, oh man. Eh. <laughs> Lex is like, uh. Is he though? And she's like, "Oh no!" Jessica's like, "Oh no! You don't. How could you not believe in God? You don't believe in heaven?" She's like, "Uh, no." As a matter of fact, and it's just like, "Why are we doing this in this movie? Why are we doing this with kids?" Yeah, I don't. Ugh, I don't know. I mean, like, whatever. The whole message is supposed to be like, uh, you know, we're we're so. Even then, this is 1989, right? 1990. So even then, it was like, oh, the the electronics are taking over people's lives, and 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 it's it's, it's making everything go too fast, and everybody's forgetting all the, the 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 things that matter, like God and stuff. Mind you, this is also like Ronald Reagan, H.W. Yeah. Bush era, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Oh, so that's why they're so fucking poor. That makes sense. Yeah, Reaganomics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, like like I said earlier in the episode, you know, I'm not religious, but I was when I was younger, because that's how I was brought up. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, like, sure. you know, whatever floats your fucking boat. I, I think we all were. I think I came from similar, I think we all had probably similar religious upbringings. Like, I was confirmed, but, like, when you're pushed through it like a grinder and you're really not committed to it, you come out the other side like, well, I kind of resent all of that. Oh, so. yeah, like, I went to CCD and shit. And I went to church. No, same. Yeah. But I, I guess my point, just to bring it back to the movie, is that they're trying to set up this idea that, like, you know, well, if there's no heaven, well, where the fuck did my mom go? And she's kind of like to Lexi, like, yeah, you wouldn't understand. And she's all upset. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. Right. Like, this little kid's hoping that her mother, who fucking died, went on to something better. Right. If not, if, if not just a hole in the ground. And that makes sense. You know, I mean, I mean it, 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 it's optimism for her that one day she'll see her mom again at this age, which I can totally get. You know what I mean? Right, or or even that her mother's at peace, and to her that is peace as far as she's concerned. No, Jessica, your mom died and Robin Williams has to go save her. She's in a bad place. After this girl kind of like feels bad about it because she didn't realize what she was saying until after she said it, uh, she's like apologizing. Oh, no, no, I believe in, I believe. And she's like, oh, by the way, my mom's here. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this poor little girl's watching this. Her friend get taken home with her mother. She's like 
to borderline crying. Yeah. That mom I have. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. She's like conscious of her feelings after she said it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're still kind of holding on to that, huh? Okay. Sorry about that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're nine. Get over it. Oh, you're not over that yet? Come on. My grandpa makes dinosaurs. Once you find that out, nothing else feels real. <laughs> My grandpa's literally God. <laughs> God creates reindeer. Reindeer creates Christmas. Man destroys Christmas. Um, okay. <laughs> Connor's like, where do I go from that? Uh, 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 well, that's exactly, because I was like, where do we go from here? That's what I was thinking. I was like, Jesus Christ. Can we get some magic up in this motherfucker, please? Oh, no, we have to save that. Um, We're, we're, we're holding on to it. Because we got more misery tricks up our sleeve. We need another scene of this fucking girl walking home from school. In the dark, you know, she's also, of course, looking for this reindeer, so it's not her, it's not entirely her fault she's getting home late as fuck. Uh, yeah, it is. She's walking down the street in the pitch black, and her dad's fucking driving by with this shotgun. And also, by the way, before I forget, there's a scene while she's walking around in the woods where you just hear an off-in-the-distance gunshot. Yeah. And, uh, that'll be relevant shortly. But her daddy, he pulls up to her and he's like, what are you doing out here? Right. She's directly there as a res- as a result of walking around all day looking for the fucking reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. In her defense, though, what the fuck else is she going to do after school? There's nothing in that town. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing, too. That's the sad part about this movie because, like, again, like, her mom's dead. Her dad doesn't want to be bothered with her. Her brother doesn't want to be bothered with her, you know? Oh, her melted brother? Oh, my God. Edward Furlong light? I know. Holy shit, he looked like Edward Furlong. With his stupid earring. He looks like someone cut off Edward Furlong's face and attached it to theirs. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he... like Edward Leatherface? Yeah, like they wrapped it around the fucking chick from the Goonies, the friend with the glasses. Yeah, so, like, the dimensions are all weird and sometimes exaggerated and stretched. Yeah, he can't, you know... That is a very specific way to put that, Joe, I'm just gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> if you shaved his head, he would look like a fucking weird skeleton at night. Yeah, yeah. He's creepy, man. You know, oh, you know what he looks like? The fucking weird drawing, that weird Steve Gamble drawing from the Scary Stories books. That guy with the weird hat? Ah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. he does look like that. Now put that in your fucking pipe and smoke that one. Mmm. He's in your fucking closet. So they're arguing in the in the, in the the car, and, and he's like, God damn it, you can't stay out all fucking night looking for reindeer. And she's like, I hate you. You, you're bit, you, you, mom's dead and you hate me. And she's like, no, I don't. You're going to live with your aunt. And he, she's like, I don't want to. I'm going to run away. And she's like, no, you're not. And then, and then they almost crashed into this fucking reindeer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Prancer potentially shot, also not hit by a car. I guess. I thought he had, like, a splinter in his hoof there. And I'm like, oh. Take it out of the old lion's paw. Yeah, he's just like, uh, help me. Yeah. Uh, no, his entire front right kneecap is blown out by a shotgun <laughs> or a rifle of some kind. See, I didn't even see that at first. I, it's literally walking with, like, holding up the fucking paw because it can't put any weight on it. Yeah, it's also a really good thing that um they only clipped this uh, reindeer because if they hit it, it wouldn't have killed Prancer. It would have killed both of them. <laughs> no, but they... Well, here's the thing. They don't actually hit it, right? They, like, stop, like, yeah, they, I don't know, 20 feet away from this thing. And they get out, and they walk over to it. And it's, like, it's holding its leg up, like, hey, can you help me out here real quick? And then it just goes... Aah! And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Do you think they got it to watch a bunch of Sam Worthington footage before they uh, filmed this scene? Yeah! Like, just, just, just do this. Yeah! No! Now we'll t- we'll drop the tone a bit. <laughs> just stretch it out a little. Yeah, they just time stretch it so it sounds like a reindeer sound. <laughs> 
So Sam, Sam fucking Sam Neil's like, oh man, well it's a lot. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. I wish it was Sam Neil. The Sams are converging. Um, Sam Neil's like, I'll get my gun and shoot it. Won't see us if we don't move. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, it looks, it looks hurt there. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm gonna shoot it in his fucking head. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> I gotta put it out of its misery. Yeah, he acts like this thing is crippled. It's not. I think he's just like, he's like, I can't shoot my daughter, so I'll shoot reindeer. <laughs> this guy should get a fucking job at the racetrack for when those horses go ass over tea kettle and need to be put down if he's so eager to shoot something. Oh, uh, I think it's also the thing where, like, we gotta eat this winter. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's probably because he's a farmer and he's been dealing with this shit his whole life, but I just thought that was such a bizarre immediate reaction. Right. To be like, yep. Where's my gun? If it was like going like, like in the middle of the fucking road, that's one thing. I mean, it kind of is, but yeah. It's <laughs> but it's but it's upright and fine doing that. It's upright and just like shaking its paw like. That's just how it sounds normally. Is this what happened in my kitty? Is that you know the cat? It it, it stepped on a splinter and then I couldn't find it. Oh yeah. Basically, you you never had a cat. So they're arguing and she won't let him shoot him, and then they turn around and he's gone because he's Batman, clearly. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he he flew away. Because he's actually Santa's reindeer, right? There's, there's, okay, sure. Maybe. I like that. We'll tell you in about an hour. Okay. Question mark. Get in the car, stupid little girl. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin's there. Get in the car! Is this where he picks her up by the fucking scruff and, like, carries her, like, dangling from his hand and throws her in the back seat? Oh, yeah, he Daniel Baldwin's her right into the fucking cab. Yeah, I was like, dude, Sam, calm down. Like, he's had enough of this shit. Um, so they go home and... Jessica goes to bed and has a fucking dream about this reindeer. About it screaming. Yeah. Falling from the, falling from the sky and screaming. Well, she she has a dream earlier where she sees this fucking uh, plastic, uh, you know, prancer fall, and that's where she's like, "Oh my god, a reindeer!" And that's what sets her <laughs> off on this journey in the first place. She's so infatuated with this reindeer. Like that's the whole thing. She like it's almost like she wills it into existence, right? It's very much like there's no other possible solution. She's like, "Oh, it's a reindeer." And he looks like this. Therefore, he must be a magical one who lives in the North Pole with Santa Claus. No, what I'm th- what I'm what I'm proposing here is that this fucking thing is a tulpa she's created, <laughs> like in her mem- like from her mom, like her. What is she, Wanda Maximoff? Like, what the fuck were we trying to say here? It could be that she she willed it into existence because of her hope and sadness. Her brother's Quicksilver. Yeah, he could be. He kind of looks like him. Throw some fucking headphones on that kid. She shoots up in bed after this fucking thing screams and dies in her dream. So, so yeah, she sees the fucking barn door open uh, and she goes to fucking investigate the area. And then she's killed by a bear and the movie ends. Yeah. Yep. Grizzly, everybody. This was a this was a big switcheroo. We were just fucking with you. I didn't see it coming. Did you? Congratulations. It's a sequel to Grizzly Man. She was eaten by a mad cow. Named Rawhead Rex. He jumped out from behind those crates. Those egg crates in the barn. Got her. Ate her up. This has been a Christmas Carol by Angry Dad Sam Neill. <laughs> Sam Elliott. God damn it. They're so different. <laughs> I know, but fucking Joe incepted me. He said him earlier. Now I can't get him in my head. You know why? Because the other two raw heads you didn't even know were there. Oh, my Raw? Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Hammond's making raw heads? Oh, there's multiple. You bred raw heads? Oh, yeah, man. I told John Hurts, John John Hughes Buchanan's like fucking Sauron. He's got the fucking raw heads coming out of the ground. God, a park full of raw heads. And he's, he's sitting on that invisible swing in the sky, just writing this shit as it comes to him. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, he's writing the fucking scripts in a weekend. This guy's he's, he's, he's a genius. Or a madman. He's he's fucking Sutter Kane, man. Like straight up, he's the MDU Sutter Kane. Oh my god, he is. The the typewriter yes, spoke yes, to me. Precisely. It sounds like he's mad living. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, and then Mr. Hammond was breeding noun raw heads. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is, though, Connor. That, you know, you're saying Sam Neill, but because you, you got him on the brain, but like he he's trying to figure out that fucking puzzle, man. That insurance scam. He's he's figuring it out somewhere in a different part of the country. He sure can. He's fucking cutting up them book covers. Putting the puzzle pieces together? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Making a map. He's cutting up those reindeer fucking decorations, trying to put them together, find Prancer's location. <laughs> now that is the night Santa went crazy. <laughs> that, that's how you get there. It's a bigger meaning at all. It, time's a flat circle. It all makes sense. Fucking Dagon just rises out of the North Pole. Oh, yeah, man. Sign me up for that. Santa Claus has a fucking machine gun or something. I don't know, like the beginning of Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, you'll love it. This this sounds like the end of the fucking world. Like <laughs> these people need to be scared. Francis in the barn, and he's like, uh, and then is like, oh, he's fucking throwing up or something. I don't know what that is. Yeah, he's got uh, a wound that would uh, probably abscess if not taken care of, uh, which is honestly the worst fucking thing. So, what is the only cure for a reindeer wound? A giant uh, plate of Christmas cookies to give it pancreatitis or diabetes. <laughs> Five pounds of fucking Christmas cookies? Fucking Wilfred Brimley pokes his head out of the snow and says, even I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> oh, he's out there. He's in the other shed locked up. <laughs> Listen, those are my Christmas cookies, goddamn it. I'm ready to come inside now. I want to go. I'm a little disturbed. The girl next door is just feeding that animal just sugar. You haven't you ever seen the commercials I was in? Listen, I'm all better. Just give me the cookies. I'm just picturing like this rift in reality where like the fucking the sheds are just in between the split <laughs> in like like a portal to a different part of the world it really does sound like dark souls where it's like time is convoluted here what that means is very vague it's just making me think of the christmas that almost wasn't if you remember from last year how everything was in that one town like prune lived right across the fucking street from whipple yeah that town was the beginning and end of that existence like that yeah it's, it's, it's kind of like that you're tugging on the thread that i'm gonna bring up at the end of this <laughs> We're going to pull that fucking whole sweater apart, Joe. Oh, yeah, man. It's coming off. So, yeah, she feeds it fucking cookies, destroying this this reindeer's pancreas. Um, uh, here you go. It's my veterinary knowledge finally coming in to help an episode. And then the reindeer dies and the movie's over. Yeah, and then it dies and because she couldn't give it its 75 milliliter uh, uh, insulin syringe dose. <laughs> She, like, feeds it some hay. And she walks this thing across like a, we were saying that she, she really does move it to a different sh- uh, barn, right? So she moves it from one barn to the other. Yeah, like a shed across a lake. And lures it with Christmas cookies across a frozen lake. Did either of you guys think that this girl was going to fall in there and the deer was going to save her? Yes. In a heartbeat, I thought it would use the magic this movie's been saving. Yes, I thought it was going to, like, you know, she was going to fall in and he was going to fly and, like, grab her, like, bite her by the scuff and, like, pull her out and shit. But that doesn't happen. Yeah, and, like, leave a trail of, like, you know, what looks like fairy dust, but it's, you know, Christmas-themed, whatever the fuck. Nope, doesn't happen. Well, she leaves it in there, and then the next morning, Sam Elliott's like, hey, uh, some crab apple uh, trees are gone. <laughs> hey, anybody know anything about that? Little trees out there? Is there a large animal living here that I don't know about? I better get my gun and shoot this shit out of whatever's <laughs> doing it. Uh, the trees are empty. I'm gonna go outside and shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesse just stands there like, uh, like you know, okay, obviously you know something, and she just stands there. Uh, I gotta go to school. I got important business, Dad. Yeah. She goes out to the school bus, and then she goes around, ah, ah, 
crying. I forgot my homework. I'll, I'll catch up. He's like, okay, you're gonna have to walk, asshole. <laughs> yeah, the bus driver's like, I guess I won't pick up the little girl. Bye. I won't tell anybody either. This is the only bus in town. They hold him responsible. I, I won't go into the school when I get there or make a phone call or anything and let them know the little girl went back into the house. Uh, I, I don't like my job. In, in this town of 200, I don't know you. Yeah, no, that's the thing everybody does. Yeah. If she's not at school, like, wouldn't they call the house? Do they? Don't they call the house? Do they call the house? I think they do. I, well, they do, apparently, because... Uh, they always called when I fucking skipped. Well, here's what happens. First, she, uh, she skips and she goes to bring the fucking thing to, to bring uh, Prancer more cookies, and then she fucks off to go find Ava Vagoda, <laughs> who, like we said earlier... Is coming out of a fucking pigsty, shocked at something. Looking like a fucking frayed Q-tip. Like I thought he was at the barn. This guy. He he is very gravelly in this movie and really really doesn't want to be there. I don't know if he's full Hagstrom like you're making him out to be, but <laughs> he's not full William Hickey, but he does have a little bit down there. I'm able to go to. Yeah. He's definitely mumbling. Him and Sam Neil were sharing. Now see, now I did it. <laughs> Wow. Him and Sam Elliott were sharing fucking marbles behind the set. Ah, Sam, this is a little wet. Did you wipe this off before you gave it to me? <laughs> Don't worry about it. He plays Dr. Oral Benton, and this little girl up, and she's like, Dr. Benton! <laughs> and he's like, stop yelling at me. I've been up since four in the morning. I've been up all night fingering a cow. What do you want? Ugh. I mean, I, I was inseminating it. I wasn't pleasuring it. <laughs> I was trying to get it pregnant. I wasn't... Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Cattle. Not me personally. <laughs> this this character's just tugging at his collar like, I don't mean to say half of what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, kid. I think I broke my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying the thinking thing and thinking the saying thing? <laughs> I fell off the bucket and I broke my ass trying to inseminate the cow. Oh. Um, no, he's helping some pigs or whatever and some horses. And he's like, go away. I'm going to bed because I'm tired. I have a shi- I have a 12-hour shift at the Good Burger starting in an hour. Veterinarians are paid very low. I got to go see my newborn grandson, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Well, she coaxes him over to the fucking barn, and he's like, this better be good. He's like, ah, oh, I thought it'd be a horse. I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, so he, she's like, what? Well, she, he, he says, I do domestic, and this isn't domestic. Yeah. But then also makes it, I think he makes a comment about a horse. I'm like, if you're treating a horse, you're also treating reindeer or stuff stuff like it. I mean, is that the same? I mean, I mean they're pretty they're similar enough right yeah they they to me i mean I obviously they're not the same thing but i don't work in big big animal medicine i work in domestic med- uh, animal medicine so like big animal medicine is there's so much shit on in that field everything they use is fucking huge big bait catches big rat yeah but i imagine if they were treating if someone's treating horses they could treat a reindeer i don't know it seems possible to me well it, it seems less so that he knows how to do it and more so that he just doesn't want to do it yeah he doesn't fucking want to do it <laughs> and, and let's be let's be real here i mean th- what he would be treating would be that that cut on its knee or whatever yeah you'd blast it with antibiotics so it doesn't get infected and blow up yeah i, I mean right clean it out right and just wrap it up and he's like yeah hold the reins because i don't want it to bite me ladies and gentlemen if you want to gross yourself out go online and look up large animal medicine abscess draining <laughs> fucking pass grab yourself some co- christmas cookies while you're at it <laughs> It's gross, and there's trajectory. Oh! Mmm. Now you got me intrigued. I know Julie's gonna want to look that one up. I told you. 
everything is bigger. Oh yeah, man, she's gonna have a field day with that. But yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't want to help. Stop make asking me to. Haven't you ever seen The Godfather? You know what happens. I'm going now. He just hands her a copy. He's like, here you go. Get out of my hair. <laughs> yeah. She's like, wait, hold on. Let me hold on to the side of your truck while you pull out, and hopefully you don't run over my fucking head. I was hoping so bad that he was just gonna fucking like just hit the gas, and she was just gonna just like shrug her off on the side of the barn like a fucking like gum off your shoe. Like she's a zombie. He just hits the fucking. Yeah. He hits the gas, and you just hear do 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 as her fucking head gets squished. Oh man, I'm a plumber. Oh, it's like hereditary. Yeah, there you go. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the roadside picnic. Mm. Forget that morbid scene briefly, because yeah, he goes back in and he fucking works on the on the uh, reindeer because he feels bad. Or I guess, and because uh, she drops that line, she's like, oh. You know, you say you can help and you don't. Doctors always say you can help and you can't help anything. Yeah. Which I guess is like, ooh, I guess your mom was told that. Ugh. Yeah. Well, Abe Vigoda looks down and he knows exactly what happened to this little girl's mother. And he's like, all right, you got me. Let's go see you, dear. I'll do like $1,200 worth of veterinary work for no money. <laughs> <laughs> At least. Because I know your father's not going to pay me anyway. He's going to pay me in apples. Oh, I'm sick of apples. <laughs> so so Abe, he basically says, hey, uh, I'll give you a couple days, but I got to tell your dad about this reindeer because I did all this medical work. So she's like, okay, I'll tell him. Yeah, okay. Nope. Well, well, I'm still counting my fucking watch down to find out when that's going to happen. <laughs> Be right back. I'm going to go hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> he just leaves. He's like, tell him or not. I don't care. <laughs> so he leaves. He fucks off. Um, and I don't think we see him again. Fucking budget ran out. Until the end. It's like they spent all their money on Sam Elliott. So then, like, these other big names, like Leachman and uh, Vagoda, like, show up for a scene. They go away and then come back for, like, one or two and then go away again. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they shot all their scenes in one day. Yeah. So she uh, she decorates, like, the fucking shed where this reindeer's hanging out while it recovers with Christmas stuff. And uh, she goes and... Uh, she takes a picture because she's really got to get this fucking reindeer back to Santa. Prancer's got to get back with the rest of the reindeer. And so she goes to the fucking mall and she uh, has a fucking note that she gives to the old mall Santa there. How did she get to the mall? She just walked to the mall too? She walked all the way to the mall. She was supposed to go to school again, wasn't she? And she's like, fuck it. Yes. She's like, oh, uh, Santa Claus. And he's like, hey, hey, little girl, how you doing do you have any bush meals or what? Because Santa is fucking dry over here. Even some bud dry if you got it. Is this Charnitsky? <laughs> it's not Charnitsky, but it could be. I mean, he was Santa. He was a mall Santa in a different film we talked about previously. Yes, he was mall Santa in Trancers. Um, so that's where I was like, yeah, I mean, he could be. It could be Charnitsky. But the actual man is Michael Constantine? And you motherfuckers, yeah. motherfuckers will never guess who he plays. Go for it. The big one for me is Tedzu Limpke from Thinner. He is the fucking old gypsy guy who what curses f- Oh him. my god! I love that fucking movie. Thinner. <laughs> I curse you, Prancer. Yeah, she has this letter she gives to Santa Claus, and she's like, Prancer's hurt, and you have to come get him. 
And he's like, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. And then he just pushes her down the slide. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And then kicks her in the face. Oh, no. oh. Uh, yeah, because um, she's like, I know you're not the real Santa Claus, but I know that I need you need to give this letter to him because I can't mail it because it just won't get there fast enough. So you need to take it. Here you go. And it turns out Santa knows a guy at the paper, the local paper. Yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah. Doing a story needs a story, and he's like, and he's like, hey, whatever face. Uh, I don't even know this guy's name because he doesn't say a fucking word. I don't think he has a name. Smiling jackass. <laughs> yeah, he just give, comes in. He gives him the the letter and the photo, and he's like, here you go. It's going to make a great story, foreshadowing. And then he leaves the fucking movie forever. Yeah, there there was a point in this movie where I'm like, yeah, this is wrapping up any minute, and then 40 more minutes happened. Very true. And then things that developed later on happened very quickly, and then they just were like, no, we can take our time now. Because there's this whole scenario where she she brings her friend, uh, Lexi, to go check out Prancer to kind of show her that she's not making this shit up. And uh, when they get there, her brother's kind of hanging out in there trying to cause trouble. And he's like, listen, uh, you know what? Uh, I won't tell Dad if you do all my chores for the next month. And she's like, okay. Yeah, and he's just being a real asshole. He's like, I'm going to go tell Dad, and he's going to shoot this fucking deer in the face. He came in like a fucking 80s business villain. He's like, hey, you want to make a deal? Like, um, And then, yeah, he's like, wonder how much meat we can get off this thing. Ha, ha, ha. Well, this is also where she comes up with her big fucking plan that she's got to buy a bag of oats for this this uh, reindeer because she's like I don't know how well it's doing on the sugar cookies. I got to get fifteen dollars to buy a big a big 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 bag of oats for this thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like because we're because st- if I steal it from Dad's barn, he's gonna kill me. I have to pay seven hundred dollars for his insulin. Yeah, <laughs> like they can't afford feed. For the rest of the animals, and she's stealing it for it for this fucking reindeer. This guy is selling his fucking tractor, something he absolutely needs to run his business for like fucking like less than a thousand dollars. He cannot afford this shit. No, not at all. And however, he's also very inattentive and like stuff happens around his property that he should pick up on right away. He's like, whatever. Well, and I mean, that's that's kind of like the point, isn't it? Like how he just like, as busy as this fucking guy is, he also just like goes out of his way not to interact with his kids. Yeah, well, I think because he just like... Because he's depressed, I guess. Yeah, he's depressed as fuck. Um, I mean, he spends most of his day clipping a tree with no apples on it, so I don't know what the deal is with that. I guess thinking about his situation, about how his wife passed away, what the fuck is he going to do? For sure. I, I, I feel for this guy if nobody else in this film. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean I, listen, I, I feel for the little girl. I just think that, that the movie goes in a direction that I don't personally agree with. No, I, I totally agree. And then the first direction it goes is um, fucking around with Cloris Leachman for fucking... 40 minutes. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. Like, welcome to this other movie. Because now we go back, we revisit something from the beginning of the movie with the, the flower bed and Cloris Leachman's character. And Jessica's like, oh, I'll go and apologize and ask for, you know, money in exchange for some chores. But then it develops into, like, it starts to, like, develop this character and, like, start down its own path that's completely divergent from everything else. And it's... And then takes a while and then just fucking just stops. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm reinvigorating the Christmas spirit in people. I'm inspiring people to be nice again. Right. 
It's a very lifetime Hallmark feeling plot. Yeah, but they feel out of place. Like it feels disjointed. Yeah, like it's just his own separate thing, right? Because it's like it's like going to the old mean lady's house, gonna clean it up, and we're gonna do some jokes or whatever. And then have a sentimental moment. Well, yeah, because she cleans her. She, she's like, oh, will you clean any room? She's like, yeah, any room. So she takes her in this wreck of a fucking study. <laughs> she takes she takes her into Granny Van Dam's fucking sex basement. Yeah, and gives her a fucking Howard the Duck job. You said any room. <laughs> you said anything for five dollars. Have at it. And here is the actual objective filthiness. All right, so the so the sex swing you got to clean down with Clorox <laughs> wipes. That's the only thing you can put on that. It'll anything else will ruin the fabric oh. uh, you see those dildos over there they're not clean so i would recommend cleaning them first but if you don't want to that's fine also just wash your hands afterwards but they're gonna go upstairs thick yellow gloves my girl you need a penicillin shot howard the duck walks out of the fucking back room like throws a towel at her he's like good luck kiddo i'm out of here oh, i no. quit and he just leaves charnetsky walks in with a bucket of chicken a t-shirt on and nothing else his dick's hanging out just swinging <laughs> Ah, sorry to know you had company there. Hey, kid, clean up an aisle 12. All right, you know, I'll be back. Here it is, everybody. The uh, MDU is now officially (laughs) X-rated. It's been for a while. Uh, It's all right. There's sensor bars over it. And, like, like, listen, guys, like I said, he's not even there to fuck anybody. He's just, that's just Charnetsky, man. He's just a slob. No, I'm just here to eat my chicken. What the fuck's wrong with you? Usually I wear at least underwear in case I drop a piece. Then I don't have to go dig it in the old schlong area. But, uh, you know... Uh, I was getting kind of hot in here. What what can you say? I woke up like this. Hey, can you can you tell Cloris Leachman to turn the fucking air conditioning on? It's like a sauna in here. I can't find my goddamn buttered roll anywhere. He turns around, it's stuck to his ass cheek. <laughs> I have I have a very brief story about a fat person not being able to find their cell phone. <laughs> So what? someone I might have known had a very sizable beer gut, and he hears his phone going off, and he's looking around for it. He looks down, grabs his gut, lifts it up, pulls his phone off his belt, and lets his fucking stomach drop back down. Oh, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. I bet that man was crushing beer cans, Connor. Let's be real. He was. Um, And then <laughs> answered the phone, and my friend Dave almost vomited. Ugh. I'm the eighth wonder of the world. See ya. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this little girl, uh, so Cloris Leachman's like, yeah, come on in my house and you clean any room for $5? Okay, clean the dirtiest, biggest room in my fucking house. It's got a piano and fucking chocolate. (laughs) What an asshole. Well, to be fair, this little girl has been ruining this woman's shit for years now, it seems. Apparently. Uh, so there's like fucking Whitman sampler chocolate boxes all over the fucking place. There's like- Oh, that that was disgusting. And she eats the fucking chocolate. Because it's clearly been sitting there. And there's like- open tuna cans and shit well you know the whole thing is she's cleaning up this house and and it's kind of like a montage scenario and every time it cuts back to Cloris Leachman she looks a little bit happier yeah until uh Jesse finds the old uh dusted over Christmas lights upstairs and then magically there's that word yeah uh Oh, by the way, Cloris Leachman, why don't you put your decorations up anymore? You used to win the best decoration contest every year. This fucking thing. Yeah, she, 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 she's like, she comes up the stairs with a thing of cookies. She's like, little girl, where are you, little girl? Are you up in the attic? And she fucking flicks the lights on and scares the shit out of her. She's like, surprise, Christmas decorations. No. She's like, put them away, put them away. I don't, I don't like Christmas anymore. There's like a fucking sorority girl in the corner, like tied up with a fucking bag on her face. (laughs) 
in a rocking chair. Margot Robbie's there. You can't really explain it. <laughs> Margot Robbie. Margot Kidder. Wow. <laughs> yes, who can forget? Who can forget? Who can forget Christopher Reeves and Margot Robbie as uh, Lois and Clark in Superman movies? <laughs> She crawls out from like a fucking under a cardboard box. Hey, kid, you got any money? I need some booze. No, get away from me, weird lady. So then she's like, oh, Cloris Leachman, how can you not put up your Christmas lights anymore? And Cloris Leachman's like, I don't do that anymore. Uh, kids and people stepping on my flowers. Uh, she's like, that's stupid. Oh, uh, I haven't done that since. She trails off. We never find out why. Because her butler died. Her Her husband butler. Yeah. There's like a, the, like the fucking, the picture starts getting all waving. We flash back to the fucking Moonstone and the, and the Olsen twins. Oh, wow. This glossed right over me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's why that scene with Phil Fonacaro is there, Connor. You know, he feels the, you know, a disturbance in the force. <laughs> He's a stand in for Prancer at one point. He's like the ass end of Prancer. Uh, but this is more adults who you meet who are like, oh yeah, someone I loved died. Isn't that great? You're going to grow up one day. Yeah. Pretty much. And uh, and she's like, she's like, well, let's put it up anyway. Cut to this little girl on like the peak of the house, like the top, the tippy tip top where the fucking, where the wind, uh, where the, uh, yeah. where the weather vane is, like the tip tip top hanging up this fucking star. Like, eh. and Cloris Leachman, it's like, I don't know, five o'clock at night, the sun is going down. <laughs> yeah, this girl has her, her like, like arms and legs wrapped around this fucking, like, this spire, for, you know, lack of better term. Like, like essentially becoming a lightning rod. No support, no rigging or anything. She's just up there all willy-nilly. Yeah. And Cloris Leachman's on the ground, like, a little bit more to the left, a little to the right. Hiya, hi, you fell. Oh, well. Well, that's it. I guess we'll just have to feed you to fucking Chanetsky. She just leaves the $15 in her pocket so she doesn't have to, like, uh, look bad. <laughs> she throws the money. She's like, this is a job well done. <laughs> She's just a corpse. And well done. Goodbye. They uh, put the Christmas lights on her house and she comes down. And it's got to be, like, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night at this point. She didn't go to school. Like, what? She And she left her aunt fucking high and dry they were supposed to go like christmas shopping and like like cookies and shit yeah she like snuck out the fucking window and her aunt's like her aunt's a mess back at the house like can't can't is like oh my god i lost her well cloris leachman gives her 15 bucks and she and then she goes and buys the feed how long does that take to get from cloris leachman's house to the fucking uh town buy the feed yeah, she doesn't have a car yeah buy the feed and then walk back home and then give it to the fucking deer and then go in the house she's sledding around like the old fucking humble own game for the sega genesis is that her transport <laughs> it could be there you go man but yeah i was thinking that too like holy shit she was gone for a while yeah yeah sun up to sundown and this this is the scene where uh, sam elliott you know he, he he's given her a hard time this whole movie but he is really looks like he's about to beat the fucking piss out of her oh yeah and she is just he goes up there to like give her a piece of his mind and uh he's already like muttering to himself like prepping himself up for it and she's passed out on the fucking bed yeah like face down clothes on like didn't even take her jacket off like no covers just like like tired child passed out yeah and he's just like yeah well whatever good night i'll save her for the morning your breakfast is gonna be wordy <laughs> you're not gonna listen but i'm still gonna talk or yeah i'm gonna mumble at you and you're gonna <laughs> walk away from me. i i can't put the eggs past my mustache and talk at the same time eat the eggs <laughs> 
<laughs> Alf is on the side. Yeah, well, we just we we go back to this uh, this lineless character who's just like dimly lit, like look private eye looking office. This guy hovering over newspaper clippings says like, "What if it's like drug deaths on the rise, like or something like that?" Yeah, and the cold and the Cold War, like the end of the Cold War, the USSR collapses or some shit, like really like dark shit. And he has this letter from uh the. Jessica that Santa gave him and he's I guess wordlessly he's like well I guess this is will have to do or something yeah like this needed like a like a fucking voiceover like "Ah, there's so much bad shit in the world but this little girl let me tell you folks something this little girl she's a real sweetheart bringing the Christmas spirit back into the world I don't want to run another picture of what's going on in Corto Maltese (laughs) Uh, I need something a little bit more lighthearted because it's fucking Christmas Let's do it. Yeah, that's kind of what happens. <laughs> basically, isn't that sweet? Here you go. Um, and since it's 1989, the newspaper is like basically what you know the people's only connection to everything, especially these people. Yeah, they're not getting Google Fiber out there. Do you offer Gigablast? <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, so the next morning they all they all go to church except for fucking Sam Elliott for some reason, and uh, they get there. You know, Jesse, her brother Stephen. And their aunt, they all go to church. I guess this is what now, Christmas Eve? Or the day before Christmas Eve? I believe it's the day before Christmas Eve because the very end of the movie is Christmas Eve. Okay, right. So they're all at church. And I fucking kid you not, there is a solid, I don't know, five, I was going to say five to ten, but a solid five-minute fucking church sermon in this film. It's an egregious amount of time. This, uh, again, this is the other chunk of the film, right? It's like the Cloris Leachman arc, and then this arc is... Like, 20 fucking minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The point of this sequence is that people are telling Jessica, like, like vaguely congratulating her. Like, oh, you did a good thing. We're inspired by you. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, hey, what? Oh, yeah. She, like, sinks down in her chair. He's like, a little girl wrote this newspaper article, and and it, it inspired me to be a good person because we need to uh, I actually like this idea that's being put forth here because he's like oh we all need to slow down and and appreciate what we have and 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 show a little more kindness to each other and not get so wrapped up in the hustle and bustle of actual life because it's fucking crazy even in 1989 despite it being 2019 and it being even worse yeah and like that like hey let's take a moment and be well you know now we've had the effects of the old reaganomics you know they were they were living it at the time but we have the effects of it now oh yeah we got the fallout but also like to appreciate like like childhood innocence where it's like this little girl is essentially aiding an animal back to health that she thinks is Santa's reindeer so you know I mean that might be my honestly like my favorite part of the whole film is that she's doing yeah. this on her own just because yeah because she actually thinks it's Santa's reindeer um, and everybody's like you're fucking crazy but she believes in it and her imagination is still intact and you know that's a that's a nice message but there's just so much dark there's so many dark clouds around this shit yeah and, like, Joe was just explaining, like, the priest is giving, like, his homily, and this is, like, part of it. He's, like, reading the article in the newspaper that this guy wrote. And, like, the the whole title of this uh, piece kind of circles back to a larger plot point that they come back to a few times, uh, referencing the, the classic uh, story, Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus. Uh, because earlier in the movie, she's, like, reading this poem or part of the story, I guess I should say, uh, to Prancer, this particular part of the story that she really likes. And, uh, you know, they kind of come back to this referencing in the news article. It's like, oh, yes, Santa Claus, there are still Virginias out there. Right. And 
her whole concern is not that, oh, wow, the town thinks I did a good thing. She's like, oh, fuck, dad's going to read the newspaper and going to kill this reindeer. <laughs> yeah, like, let's be real. He almost does. <laughs> he tries to. Uh, he he gets damn close. I was getting some fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger and Phil and Phil Hartman's fucking house vibes here. Oh man. Oh yeah. Minus the gun. My, yeah, but if he punched him, that that would have been worth it. Oh yeah. By the way, this is intercut with Sam Elliott and the fucking reindeer who hasn't been like locked up properly. She leaves the door open. By accident. Yeah, because Jesse leaves the fucking door open. That's because Billy comes by, uh, or Rusty Rusty comes by. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, is this the deer, the prancer deer that's in the newspaper? This is before they go to church, right? Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And she's like, get out of here. This is where she grabs the scythe, and she's like, I'm going to skin you alive. Get out of my fucking uh, barn. And then they run off, and then they go to church, and then all that shit happens. Right, because, you know, Rusty had to get the fuck out of home because Uncle Eddie's pouring all this into the sewer right about now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to get away from that fucking cooking and, and your crazy uncle and all your awful relatives. So Sam Elliott is just, like, obliviously reading this newspaper whilst what I assume is supposed to be comedy happening behind him. It's weird that this scene is even in here, honestly. It's, like, so out of place. Right? The most they can do is show the reindeer walking in the window behind him and doing things like turning around quickly because you're filming with a giant fucking animal who I imagine is not that cooperative. Yeah, and he's, like, doing things like holding the paper up and then putting the paper down and it's already walked out of frame. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. And it's like, doodly-doodly-doo. Every time it cuts from him to the church, there's, like, some new hymn being sung, and then Cloris Leachman comes to church, because I guess she's fucking had her heart awoken by this little girl. That's a thing, right? And this little girl's singing really loud again, and the teacher turns around, and she's like, oh, you suck, but that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. So we go back to Sam Elliott, and eventually he hears some of his animals getting out of the barn, and then he finally gets up off his ass and looks around. And uh, he's chasing down fucking his horse and his cow, and uh, he sees Prancer. Well, this van pulls up first. Yeah, a van full of tourists. Full of people, and I'm like, um, what? And these little kids are running all over the property looking in the barns and shit, and Sam Elliott's just like, hmm. A little thing, and then I guess he like, I guess he like knows the woman because she's like, hey, "Hey Sam, how you doing? Sorry to drop in," and and he's like, ah, "It's okay. I'm just wrangling my cow and my horse." So the the kids are like, "Where's Prancer? Where's Prancer? Where's Prancer? There he is!" And Sam fucking and then from the corner of his ear, you hear this. <laughs> this fucking thing bumpuses all over this house. It's the fucking god sons of bitchin' bumpuses! It's eating all the fucking pie, it's knocking over TVs, it's like, it, it's stepping all over shit. I'm sure it's shit everywhere. No more apple cake! No more apple pie! <laughs> no more apple turnovers! <laughs> gone! All gone! No more apple hash! Apple dumplings! It's so stupid when you say it out loud. <laughs> it is stupid because this thing is like wrecking the television and shit. Like, like drop, it kills the TV. Now, not all I'm thinking to myself is like, oh my god, these people are so poor, and now their television's gone. Their major, some of major appliances are gone. Fucking Christmas pies are have been eaten. You know, no TV, no Apple makes Sam Neil, uh, Sam Elliott go crazy. Sam Elliott's like, thank God we have those Christmas cookies to hold me over. He goes to reach in the dish; it's like totally empty. It's just crumbs. It's just crumbs. It's just crumbs. Reindeer snot. Without missing a beat, Sam 
grabs his fucking rifle and loads it up and runs outside. While all these kids are still running around his property, mind you, there are mothers and children and people everywhere, and he runs outside yeah. and just points the rifle, like, indiscriminately in its direction. And they like, go, oh my god, he's got a gun! And everybody, like, huddles beneath the car, like, where they are, like, behind the van. And this Chris Elliott, like, fucking, his character from Shit's Creek just about fucking comes out. Rolling shit walks up. Hey, uh, I found his reindeer. I'll take it off your hands for 200 bucks dude it's boggs diamond did anybody recognize who this is no no it's fucking drake dude mark ralston who for drake from aliens oh my god and fucking Bo- and boggs diamond from uh from uh shawshank redemption he's one of the sisters man whoa yeah dude he does like materialize in the scene as a character who affects the plot but he like just walks up he's like hello uh i don't remember saying though it's character's name He's like, hello, I am going to propose something to you, slam cut. He's like, I'll take this off your hands or whatever. Well, the, the worst part about this whole situation is his daughter finally fucking gets home and she's like, where's Prancer? Where's Prancer? He's like, ah, uh, you know, I had to get rid of him. She's like, you didn't kill him, did you, dad? He's like, oh, I just sold it to Mr. Briar. And she's like, Mr. Briar, he's the fucking butcher. He's like, eh. <laughs> it's like he gives her all this terrible news, like, like, in chunks on purpose. <laughs> He's like, the fucking TV's broken. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm going to disappoint you three times with the same information. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God, I hated this fucking part because this motherfucker she sold it to... Okay, yeah, he's the butcher. He doesn't fucking eat it. Spoilers. Right. I thought, I was like, oh my God, he's going to make sausage out of him. Oh, this in this enraged me. He's selling Christmas trees. Yeah, which is which is fine. That's not the bad part. The kicker is he's got this fucking poor reindeer locked up in this like tiny ass fucking pen. Yeah. It could barely like walk in a circle. The, the, the cage it's in first, I don't think it's big enough for him to stand up in. No. No. Oh, right. When it's out on display. Yeah. yeah and that is actually uh, like, if you some veterinary information, um, you can't put an animal in a cage you can't stand up in legally. Like that's that's fucked up. That's how you make veal. Yeah, that is precisely how they make veal. And when I found that out, I stopped eating veal. Yeah, I don't eat veal. I do eat meat though. I just don't eat that because I don't. There's no reason why you got to torture the fucking thing. You know? No, I don't believe in that level of cruelty to no. get some food. But, exactly. Uh, yeah, this is it's this is like. If you didn't want to see it die, it's like, well, the alternative is ens- enslavement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he's my he's my biggest salesman, motherfucker. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to sell them trees, baby. I saved his life. <laughs> this movie's so, mostly so cynical. Your father was going to kill him, and I put him on display. And now I made him my personal jester. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong on some level. Well, yeah. And then the fucking prancher's like, oh, God, please shoot me. Oh, shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just depressing for a few minutes because this fucking thing is just in the cage. And uh... for a few minutes, this is like an hour and a half of being depressed. <laughs> Of this five-hour movie. Because it goes from this depressing scene to another one at the dinner table where Dad's just like, "Yep, uh, okay, uh, it's dinner time. Nobody's talking. Mad excuse, sure. <laughs> yeah. Phone rings. He's like, ah, don't answer it. I'm sick of explaining why I would sell that fucking reindeer that's in the newspaper. That is. <laughs> Such an odd piece of exposition. Like, it's... Because everyone's like, do you feel like an asshole, Mr. Riggs? He's like, uh... I gotta eat, not apples. He's like Kel at this point. He's got the fucking tree branches on the plate. Yeah, but like, okay, so you want to sell... So somebody comes up with you with a proposition for this fucking deer, right? How much did he sell this fucking deer for? Five dollars? Two hundred 
dollars. Is that what it was? Two hundred? Mm-hmm. Yes. That ain't shit. Dad, maybe we're broke as you're a bad haggler. Yeah, like you're fucking on hard ass times. You're like, yeah, I'll give you this whole deer for. 200 bucks even though i could feed you for the rest of the winter and everything like you know what i mean it's like earlier in the movie with the tractor when you first meet this character he's like two grand they're like one grand he's like i kind of need more they're like one grand okay for a fully functioning tractor what are you talking about a thousand dollars they're like one thousand he goes 200 and slaps the roof of it they're like okay deal you idiot uh sure Hey, he's walking away counting his fucking 20s. They walk away like, do I feel bad about this? Fuck him. Sam's stupid. That's why he had this farm for all these years when all the plants have been dead for half a century. Yeah, it's like color out of space. The fucking meteor landed and <laughs> fucking killed everything. It will, not yet. <laughs> he's got to sell it. They got to be like destitute first, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're almost there. I mean, they're pretty close. They're pretty fucking close. We're right on the cusp, right on the precipice. About to fucking fall off. So then Jessica's like, time to do my fucking missions to, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, oceans to, missions to, um, uh, oceans to rescue operation. <laughs> yeah, there's like an exchange with like the brother here, and uh, he's like, he's like, I didn't know you were gonna live with Aunt Whatever. Like, I don't want you to leave. Like, I love you. Like, we fight, but I'm just busting your balls. And she's like, well, come help me bust out the reindeer. And he's like, okay. He doesn't believe that it's an actual Sant- one of Santa's reindeer, but he does want to save it from being fucking ridiculed in the middle of town around a bunch of Christmas trees. Like, he's against animal abuse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She also leaves, like, a, a suicide fucking note for her dad. <laughs> oh, my God, she does. Ah, I'm running away, Dad. See ya. Forever. Bye. I want to stay, but you don't love me. <laughs> uh, what kid hasn't thought about doing this at least once? Uh, more than once. So uh, they then take about, uh, like, 97 years to uh, fail to rescue this ring. <laughs> uh, man, they walk all the way to town. And this little kid's fucking around with this lock because they're trying to br- bust him out, right? And, like, uh, he he puts Jessica on uh, watch, and she's, like, looking for cars or shit or people. And I thought for sure that uh, that Mark Ralston was going to come back and be like, you little fuckers are fucking with my, <laughs> my meal ticket. But, like, they're trying to break this fucking deer out, and, like, the kid's got the right idea by busting this lock off with this crowbar, which... Even at his size, if you put it in it like a lever and like use, you know, uh, um, what's the word I'm like, physics, <laughs> you could pop that fucking thing right off. Right, enough pressure. Yeah. Well, she gets the bright idea because he can't quite, he can't quite get it. She goes up on the roof because this thing's a little, it's a little bigger than where the reindeer was before, so it can kind of walk around a perimeter, but that's kind of it. And this thing's like fucking what, ten feet high? It's pretty big. Maybe. Yeah. She fucking climbs up this tree, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go. She's gonna, like, slip and fucking hurt herself or some shit. I mean, she already had practice at Leechman's, man. I know, dude. She goes up on, <laughs> she goes up on this fucking thing and starts, like, taking the, the nails out and, like, pulling the fucking chicken wire back on top. And he, her brother's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get down. And she's like, he's gonna fly out. Watch. He's a, he's a magical reindeer. And uh, kid rolls his eyes, and guess what happens? The fucking thing doesn't fly out of the fucking thing. Now, this could be because he doesn't have enough running speed. I mean, we all know we all saw Rudolph. You got to run and have a good takeoff and all that, so he can't just jump out of there, right? No, yeah. I mean, I played Super Mario Brothers three. You need to get all those peas lit up first. Yep, for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. He hasn't unlocked the double jump ability. Yeah. So that's fine. Fine. I'm just planting these seeds, guys. No, yeah, I'm picking them up and eating them. Okay, good. Also, in this movie so far, there has been not a single shred 
of the idea that this deer could be supernatural. Everything we've seen has been grounded. There's there's nothing miraculous. Well, it's in, I, beyond the little girl thinking it. Right. right. And, well, that's the whole point, right? I guess... Well, I mean, we'll get to it at the end, but, like, the whole point is it's a, it's kind of a symbol uh, of right. the Christmas no, yeah. spirit rather than actually being magical, I guess. That's that's what I thought they were going for. Yeah. I was robbed of a, of a fucking magical deer, but go on. <laughs> so she's up on this pen, and, and the cop rolls up, so she's kind of like, oh, fuck, I don't want to get caught, and climbs up on the tree that's adjacent to it, and... She doesn't fall right away. This guy's like farting around, talking to the fucking reindeer, taking his sweet ass time. He's like, oh, Prancer, we're, we're going to come back and give you some food, some good food. Good night. I love you. Bye. I love you, reindeer I've known for a day. It just starts making out with Prancer. <laughs> oh, my God. He puts pe- He gets out the peanut butter, and then no, it's a whole different kind of movie. So he finally walks back as she's like hanging fu- like fucking life and limb, and... Uh, her brother, like, doesn't get under her or anything. He's like, I'm going to climb up there and help you out. I thought he was just going to catch her. I was like, why aren't you going to catch her? Break her fall or something. I mean, the kid's a piece of shit already. Let him get hurt. Something else broke her fall. Yeah, the ground. Yeah, her neck. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This little girl is dead, and they show her die on screen. The way this is filmed is comedically dark, because... It shows her, she's holding on, so her legs are dangling. So do you think the rest of the film is in heaven? Maybe, they could be. Yeah, maybe, um, considering how it ends. Um, she's holding on, and the uh, so her legs are dangling. She falls, and then there's like a quick shot of her falling, and then an even quicker cut of a fucking dummy that just hits the ground head first so fucking violently. It is shot the same exact way as Garrett Graham's death in Child's Play 2, and it looks exactly the same. And he's dead and his neck yeah. is broken. Yeah. So her neck is definitely broken because that's that's what happens when you fall out of a tree onto your head. That's a pretty great comparison. <laughs> I need to do like a side-by-side of that and post it. <laughs> I'd watch it. I just like that she fell with her legs down and then in air, like, starfished all the way around and landed on her fucking head. Oh, and then her brother, he doesn't, like, check on her or anything. No. He just starts running towards the cop car, like, come back. He just leaves come her there. Back. He's like, Bert, come back, Bert. Also, also, because I don't think we mentioned this, there's a fucking blizzard going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is actively aggressively snowing. Yeah. And how they got there, I don't know. Without, like, freezing to death. Um, okay, so so this is the part, right? This is the part the deer flies out of its pen and it fucking comes down and like uh, puts its hoof on her and like magically like heals her and then she wakes up and she's like, you really are magic and then they fly off and then that's the end of the movie. No. No, that's not what happens. <laughs> and then the never-ending story song plays. Look around. Yeah. No, no, reindeer. the reindeer goes and then breaks the door down. He fucking Tim Allen's and then the fucking door comes down. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly every instance of that in this movie is now way funnier okay give me that too cut all the parts where this fucking thing is making noises with tim allen grunting (laughs) why don't you have tim allen voice the fucking reindeer that's how he got his gig as santa claus so it like busts this fucking door down and then just like (sighs) lays down next to her and there's this fucking sad ass shot of this girl who is clearly dead with this reindeer lying next to her like a big giant dog or cat. Yeah. Mourning her death. As we pull out on like as we pull out on this like this crane shot from above. Yeah, with like somber fucking Edward Scissorhands ass music. Or there was no music, I think, at some point. Oh yeah, she's in a fucking snow globe somewhere. 
dead. Cut to the very next morning. Yeah, I think we brought her home from the hospital too soon. Yeah, what? She's this... Okay, if she's not dead, she has a broken collarbone, broken vertebra, okay? She might be... She's probably paralyzed, right? And definitely has a concussion. At least a broken arm, if nothing else. Yeah, at minimum, a serious fucking concussion. They show her, and she's like a little pale from being out in the cold. Yeah, she's got fucking uh, Ralph and Paris rules going on here. Yeah, minus John Hurt interference. No, he he wasn't there. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't open the portal for her to fall through. <laughs> My mistake. I wasn't paying attention. Well, that's because it's John Hughes Buchanan and not Joe Buchanan. <laughs> well, you know, and that's how they survived. You're, you're working with Home Alone rules here. <laughs> That's right. She's She's got Marv physics. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, she wakes up, her nose is turned the wrong way, and she just turns it like, uh, you know, like a screwdriver. That's the sound of a tree branch and falling in my face hitting the ground. That's the sound of, of meeting the ground at 15 <laughs> feet in the air. Meanwhile, French Stewart's hiding behind a fucking corner in there, like, watching this all go down. Like, yeah, it's just according to plan. Yeah, it's my plan. <laughs> Not Harry's. Not Harry's plan. <laughs> it's my plan. Kill the kid. Steal the reindeer. So Sam Elliott, like, goes into a room, and she's, like, sickly and despondent looking, and I guess she's just sad. Um, Because they don't really tell you, like, what the fuck happened, like, because they (sighs) leave you with this girl having what's a near-death experience. Dude, this is the next fucking day. Yeah. It's the next morning, right? And she's awake? Um, She's not throwing up or anything her aunt goes or can you see okay she's like it's a little blurry a little blurry she's they say that like she can't she can't really stand up or move around and her vision's super blurry and she ain't playing her christmas records and you gotta believe me he she always plays them all year round yeah you don't understand she plays her christmas records all year round uh and then if this little girl's concussed um i'm sure connor knows this answer what's one of the things you don't do when somebody's concussed or what can they what should they what should they not be exposed to oh wait what are you referring to i'm sorry i'm referring to her jacking up the fucking uh blinds and letting the blinding light shine into her face oh dear god no what the f- yeah that was uh <laughs> Like, like I, I winced. I was like, Ugh. that's a big no-no for somebody with a concussion. <laughs> Don't fucking do that. You're gonna overload that poor girl's brain. The next thing she was gonna do was open up that window. Like, ah, you need some fresh air, and then a fucking pneumonia. But uh, but Sam Elliott comes upstairs. He comes upstairs and he's like, I've been a pretty garbage father. <laughs> now my heart has grown fourteen times. You ever see the Grinch? It's kind of like that, except no one's daughter got paralyzed in the snow. <laughs> Well, because because they have all the people in town, all the all the characters, let's call them, yeah, all the who's, all the characters of the movie appear yeah. outside her window to to sing Christmas carols to cheer her up. We're forgetting one scene, uh, right before this. Uh, Sam Sam uh, Elliot goes to town while his daughter's all fucked up, and he's like looking at the prancer, and the cops come up. Bert's like, "Oh, uh, hey, how you doing? What are you doing here? You getting for the big party?" And he's like, "Oh." And Sam's like, what party? He's like, oh, the party at your house. It's a surprise party. Just act surprised, okay? All right, we'll see you there. That we just ruined. <laughs> we'll see you there. Bye. Don't hit me in front of people, he says to the other guy. He's like, yeah, I'm a higher rank than you. You're making me look bad. <laughs> then Now we're back at the house. The deer is already at the fucking house. Spoilers. <laughs> and then uh, Sam has a heart-to-heart with his daughter, which... Got a legitimate reaction out of me because, I mean, now we're coming out with it in full because this is something they don't talk about, right? They don't talk about mom. They don't talk about their feelings, which is a big problem. It's just kind of one of those yes, things. You know, it is. I, I, you know, we see this a lot in movies, and I, but I think it's a big thing in real life. Like, 
you know, somebody passes away and then you don't deal with it. You just kind of push it down. Just like mostly everything, you know, people, I feel like most people don't want to talk about their feelings and should feel it as like a sign of weakness, right? And and that's unfortunate because that's some shit you got to do, especially with your kids. And if one, if your spouse passes away or your child passes away, like you can't just ignore that shit. And, and if, like if a parent passes away, if there's a divorce, if there's a separation, sure. something like that, like talk to your kids. Yeah, you can't. And, and, and not that it's a normal thing or a good thing, but always talk about it because they're going to have feelings and you're going to have feelings that you need to get out to. Yeah, you fucking will. Yep. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and all it does, all it does, is fucking build up resentment and and all kinds of bad shit, right? Well, you know, and to your point, that's kind of what this scene is. Yeah, no, yeah, because they're kind of just like getting real. They're airing it for lack of a better term, because Sam Elliott's like, yeah, you know, after your mother died, you know, I haven't been always here, and it's been hard. And he says, you know, but you know what? That night, last night, when you weren't around and no one could find you. Uh, he's like, I really started to realize how much I wanted you around here and how much I love you. And he's like, uh, you can live here. You don't have to leave. And she's she's crying. Oh, I didn't want to make you upset, Dad. I love you. And it's you know, like like you guys are saying, it's pretty touching. She says something so like heartbreaking here um, that kind of brings the whole uh, feelings you were talking about earlier into perspective. She's like, I wanted to run away so that you would find me and bring me home and that you'd want me here. Oof. Yeah. And it was just... Just like Jesus Christ, like you really too close to home. Do not, yeah, you like you really don't pay attention to this little girl or not enough. You know what I mean? I mean, I know you're dealing with your old your own shit, but like you have two kids that need yeah. attention. You know. And to top it off, she hands him the, you know, the book that she loves. The Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, and has him read her favorite passage to her. And they kind of finished the scene off with a nice hug. And, it's and, it's uh, sweet. It got legitimate reaction. And then we go back to the other stupid fucking movie we were watching. And then we go to what felt like uh, a similar pace of the ending of 13th Warrior, where it's like, gotta wrap this shit up. Let's do something. <laughs> All right, Come on. let's go, baby. The Who's are outside around the fucking tree, and they're singing. Yeah, like like Joe was saying, Sam Elliott's got the fucking reindeer back. He paid uh, the butchers 200 back and to get it. You know, so they could take it to the place where Santa's going to pick it up. Yeah. She's kind of mentioned that a few times in the film. She wants to take it to, like, this overlook. Yeah, she says it in the in the, uh, in the the note, too. Like, she's, Dear Santa, I'm going to be at this location at the edge of fucking uh, Shadow Forest. I'm going to take you to the place in Castle Rock where Henry Deaver pushes his father off the cliff. <laughs> it's the same cliff from Ravenous. Oh, man. Except we're fucking licking those rocks down there and getting fucking Power of the Wendigo, baby. We get this final time touching scene where jesse kind of says goodbye to prancer and uh, she's crying and and she's like oh thank you for coming into my life and i'm so glad i met you and i'll never forget you and i'll love you forever and she's crying and she can't control herself and prancer kind of runs down this uh it's kind of a cool pathway with the snow on the ground and the trees kind of arching yeah it's where johnny cage fights scorpion damn it i was gonna say it but i was <laughs> like oh is it is it gonna work visually <laughs> That fucking shield's on the ground next to him, buried under the snow. Get over here! And there's the fucking things dug into him in the tree. So is it's like the same fucking peach orchard or some shit like that. Like so, yeah, she races after him, and and Sam Elliott's kind of like trailing behind, and uh, you know they get to the end of this uh, overlook, and the the hoof marks stop. Okay, this movie for a second wants you to believe that this reindeer ran off a fucking cliff. Um, I don't think that it 
for a second, I think that's what happens. <laughs> that is my that is my theory. I have two theories, but that's my first one, and it is so heartbreaking. I'm just like that fucking deer ran off this cliff and died, didn't it? And she even says like, well, if he ran off the cliff, he he couldn't survive that fall. And Sam Elliott's like. Yep, uh, you hear his jingle bells? And she's listening real hard, and meanwhile he's got, like, a fucking tambourine behind his back, like, shaking him. <laughs> that's the realistic version. That's that's what's really going on. That's This this movie wants you to think it might happen, though, yeah. because, like, there's a weird pregnant pause, there's no music, and, like... Oh, yeah. They, like, there's a shot where, like, there's just two of them standing on this cliff, and, like, they're just letting you absorb the moment. You're like, don't you fucking dare. Well, I, dude, honestly, I think that was the ending, and the studio was like, no, 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 put the fucking Christmas shit in there. Because if you left an ambiguous where you just see these fucking you know hoof prints going off the cliff you can you can jump to any conclusion you want you can say oh maybe he flew off maybe sure. just the prince ended there maybe let's say to be morbid about it it died but you don't know it's, it's ambiguous it's leave it up to the audience i thought we were gonna like pan up and there was gonna be like a sparkle in the sky not like a deer flying but like a sparkle or whatever right yeah tinkerbell or something right we get this pregnant ass pause like connor said and then like this weird green glow <laughs> what the fuck washes over them these are some absolute garbage special effects and i'm like what is happening the fuck the like the fucking ufo is taking off or something like i right et go home yeah i guess prancer go home and but sam elliott the whole time is like he's like look at that prancer flew i knew it all along prancer's an alien well this is christmas eve and on the other side of town the griswolds just got taken down by the fbi Hagstrom's about to drop that cigar into the fucking sewer. And you know what? That is not the real Santa Claus. That is Clark Griswold's Santa Claus fucking plastic setup flying through the air. And that's the uncle fucking flying in the air, that green gas cloud that hits the sky. Merry Christmas, Clark. Don't drop that match. Holy shit, you just cracked that fucking nut wide open. Christmas vacation. Or uh, the Santa Claus was a hologram because as he passes in front of the moon, uh, the you can see the moon through him very uh, very clearly. We haven't even explained this really well yet. So this fucking color, no, the, yeah. this color washes over in this green color. And she's like, Prancer, I love you. I'll always remember you. And then we cut to this far shot, like this wide shot of Sam Elliott and little Jessica standing on this uh, cliff um, where the reindeer has purportedly fallen to its death because it's stupid. And then fucking Santa flies across the sky in like an MS paint fucking overlay <laughs> and and this green fucking comet like flies from the forest into this missing spot <laughs> and it just it kind of just pops into existence now the reindeer are complete like in the sleigh and then it flies past the moon in a silhouette and then that's it like like well no the final shot of the movie is a pov of what we presume to be from fucking santa claus's perspective oh yes and he's oh like my God. flying over the fucking <laughs> town it's this long fucking drone shot or like helicopter shot of going over the town and then like it it goes to what i guess is like jessica's house and goes to fly in the window, and then a wall of light comes towards the camera, and the movie yeah. ends on that. So what? Santa crashed into her bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> like, and the fucking hit, they come back, the house is on fire, all the reindeer are dead. Was her window a portal to the North Pole? I don't oh. fucking understand. You think so? Is that how Wilfred got there so easily? Time is but a window, dude. Death is but a door. I'll be back. 
there he goes. That portal leads to that town that takes place in uh, that that uh, a Christmas and almost wasn't takes place in. Yes. Well, that okay. So that was my other theory, right? So Santa is MIA the whole movie because he's trying to fucking get his goddamn land back from Prune. Okay. And at that very at that very moment. Right after they went to fucking Prune's house and gave him his sailboat, he was flying around, and they fucking grabbed up that Prancer real fast and then went home. Prancer, how was your day? Nothing happened. It's fine. Uh, we almost lost the fucking house. Here, here's Sam Whipple. Hey, how you doing, Prancer? Nice to meet you. I'm going to live with you for a few weeks. <laughs> okay, there. I'm going to play with your toys. Sam, what is that under your jacket? Oh, uh, that's the, uh, my actual body. I'm actually a giant Power Rangers action figure. <laughs> I, I wear this lawyer costume over it. Sam Elliott? No, Prune. And, uh, yeah, that's how the fucking movie ends. Yeah, I, I still think I like my Christmas vacation uh, angle on that, but I could see it. Okay, so that's it. I mean, that's my favorite ending. The, 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 the fucking reindeer runs off a cliff because it's all misty and it can't see and dies. And then, um, yeah, Clark Griswold's fucking decoration goes sailing past the fucking moon. I like it. All thanks to Uncle Lewis. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, this uh, now fantastical ending uh, doesn't fit and comes out of nowhere. And it doesn't really feel earned. <laughs> no, it's not, because it's ne- and it's not really there either. And again, that closing shot with Santa flying into the fucking house is weird. It doesn't make any sense. All right, so here we go. This is our first episode of this year's Trashing Through the Snowfellas. What present is this under our christmas tree you want to go first sean change it up a bit you're always last you know you know i'll, I'll continue the old christmas vacation references here because this is a cat in a box <laughs> this is the cat in the box because there are things about this movie that i think you know are, are actually pretty good like the stuff with the girl and her father and the way that that kind of pans out at the end where the, he kind of realizes where he fucked up and she realizes where he she fucked up and they kind of reconcile. I like that. And I like her whole relationship with, you know, quote unquote Prancer. How she basically takes care of this injured animal just because she, you know, A, believes it's Santa Claus's reindeer, but two, because she's just trying to help out a creature. I like that. And I like, you know, always like every other episode of the show, try to come up with the wacky ways that these fucking characters and actors connect. Uh, but that's, you know, personal quirk of me, personally. Uh, so, I guess all the stuff about it that I like is the actual cat, and the unfortunate thing is the cat is in the box. And you have to get into the fucking box, which is all the other shit that this movie brings to the table, to get to the cat. And I don't want to go through the box to get to the cat, I just want the cat. Um, didn't really like this film. I, I, I totally get it, and these are like, to me, kind of like the dime a dozen movies you see during Christmas, and I know we talked about this last year, and I don't know if uh, it's changed for Joe, but, you know, I haven't even seen It's a Wonderful Life. I'm more of a Christmas story kind of guy, Christmas vacation. Yeah, it's it's on the list. It's it, We are watching it this year, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. It, it's not my go-to. It's not what I reach for. I'd rather watch Jingle All the Way or Black Christmas before I watch something a little sappier. And uh, that's kind of where I would rank this. This is this this isn't quite a lifetime movie or a Hallmark film. Obviously, this was you know a movie that, as far as I know, came out in theaters in '89. And uh, some people look back on this film and really enjoy it from the little bit of research I did. But I hadn't heard of this until Connor was like, "Hey, Prancer, want to do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. What the hell?" Quite literally, Cloris Leachman, sure, bring it on. Uh, we haven't heard from Aunt Agatha in a while. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, Cat in the Box. I don't know what else I could really say. Um, that wasn't a huge fan. This is like getting a movie or an album or something like that for Christmas that from someone you know 
only knows your interests on a surface level and doesn't give a shit beyond that. Oh, man, like, getting, like, fucking Led Zeppelin fucking underwear and, like, an album and, like, a movie and, like, an action figure of Jimmy Page, is that what you mean? Well, like, yeah, like, something you, like, it's, you like action figures or movies or albums, but someone got you something of that kind that you just don't care for. It's like, oh, okay, cool, I've never seen an episode of He-Man in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I get you. Or something like that. Yeah. Been there. And it's like, it's a, it's a fucking, it's deflating and doesn't feel as cozy and nostalgic as I remember it being. Um, It's also really fucking mean-spirited and it's really cynical for most of the time. And this is, I think, the first time where we've gone back to watch something and reevaluate it where I didn't come back feeling more positive because... I think one of the bigger ones I remember was Equilibrium. We're like, hey, let's see how this turd holds up. Oh, it's actually really good. This doesn't this doesn't age well. It feels mean and uh, like just like I said, cynical, cynical, cynical. And then the end just decides like, hey, fucking Merry Christmas Miracle. Who gives a shit? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I don't know. I did not come away from this enjoying the experience this time again. And, and if you want a fun family Christmas movie, this is not it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, this is like a re-gift for me. (laughs) Um, That's apt. This is something that I bought someone that I thought meant something, and then them keeping it in their closet for the whole year, still wrapped, and then giving it back to me like I wouldn't know, because it's just, it's just cold, and not thoughtful, and just kind of shitty, you know? Um... Uh, okay, I don't hate this movie, but I don't like it either, right? So, as as you guys said before, it, it's just, it's very dark. It's very dreary, the whole film. Um, it's not, it's not fun to really look at, or you don't, you're not having fun at all in this film, right? I even thought about the visual aesthetics, like, it isn't fun to look at. It's just cold the whole time. It's very cold, it's very dreary, it's very uh, almost dirty. I don't know, or gritty. Mm, right? Yes. And it's just these un- unfortunate people, these unfortunate sad people, and it never really reaches the um, heartwarming sensation that I kind of want it to do, and everything around that feels forced, right? Like, the old lady, like, Aunt Agatha, uh, or Cloris Leachman's character, it just feels like it's thrown in there as, like, window dressing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like they have that trope that they wanted to throw in there of the, you right. know, the crotchety right. fucking neighbor, and, oh, we changed their heart because we were nice to them. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, it's kind of, like, unearned, and, like, I see the story you're trying to tell, but, like, it... Like Sean said, like I'm, I'm not reaching for this for Christmas, right? And and um, uh, Julie and her mom, my fiance, love or or used to watch this all the time, right? They like really like this film. Um, I'm just not into it. Like I, I, I usually steer away from really, what's the word I'm looking for? Realistic interpretations of life, and that's what this is, especially at Christmas time. Like, I already have a hard yeah. time dealing with a lot of um, emotional things uh, just in my life in general. And I just don't want to sit there for an hour and a half and watch people in real life situations 
live their lives right there's no escapism exactly and like i'm a bit i'm I'm big on escapism like that's why i watch movies right because i i want to go to a different place and i want to watch something that's not that that makes me feel things and, and it is emotional on some level but nothing that's like this is too real or like i'm this there, there's no there's no magic in this fucking movie, right? You literally just read my mind uh, line for line. Prancer is the sort of the idol in this film, the, the kind of figurehead that represents um, that, represents that, right? The magic and, and, and the hope and all that kind of stuff. But he's really not magic, you know what I mean? And, like, I know that. Like, I can go outside and be like, I know that this fucking reindeer isn't an actual reindeer, right? Uh, like a Santa's reindeer, but this movie has the ability to make that reindeer actually one of Santa's reindeer. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, why aren't we going all out with this idea? Like, I know we talk about that a lot on this show. Like, people just kind of doing half measures in their films. Yeah. But it's like, look at the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Like that movie works because there's literally a fucking scene, no matter what version you're talking about, the original or the remake, of reindeer flying around a fucking courtroom. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> Like, you don't don't get more like, wow, there's magic than that. And this film just kind of, you know, dangles it over your fucking head like a carrot and then just kind of farts it out at the last minute. Farts it out the last minute. And I I don't even think it was supposed to be there. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it was like an afterthought. It doesn't feel like it belongs at all. It feels like 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 reshoots or something like that. Yeah, that's again, it it tested poorly. And the studio was like, "Uh, you got to put a fuck it. You got to put fucking Santa Claus at the end of this fucking movie. Yeah, you can't push the reindeer off a cliff. Okay, it's a kid's movie. You can't leave it ambiguous. People won't have imagination. They're not going to have any idea what happened there's they're gonna see footprints i don't know why i'm still doing this voice for the uh, <laughs> cigar, cigar chomping executive but i'm gonna keep going ah, it's more like this they're they not gonna understand with the foot with the hoof prints what happened uh right uh we have some b-roll footage uh just 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 draw them in there standing on that cliff and draw some stuff in the background we got rejects from an old coke commercial put it in there <laughs> right but like i don't know like you're also talking to a guy who watches fucking silent night deadly night every year right as a christmas movie um, and that's way more enjoyable than this film is, <laughs> but only because like it's absurd. It's absurd, right? It's silly. It, 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 yeah, it's absurd, but also really mean, and it's it's fucking nasty, like a slasher should be. But it's also entertaining as hell. It's mean, but it's fiction. Yes, this is cynical, sad, and deep rooted in real shit. And I'm just not here for that, right? Um, I don't really, I just don't really like movies like that. Like, like Philadelphia is a great film. Right, but I don't like that movie because it's about a guy who gets AIDS and then dies. Right, like I don't want to watch that movie. You know what I mean? I want to watch the movie where the guy gets a disease and becomes a superhero or does something. I don't know. I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that may that might have been a bad example, but like, um, I don't know. I can still have emotional weight from a film, like even talking about like like Muppet Christmas Carol is a great example. Like, I cry every time I watch that fucking movie, but it makes me feel good. Yeah, like it has it has things. It you know you you. I know it's just a retelling of of Charles Dickens Dickens story, but like that film handles um, being positive when it's really hard to be positive in a great way. Um, 
and it just makes me feel good. This is kind of like. Well, I mean that that movie just is kind of almost like a peanut butter cup where it's like yeah. you got a little bit of everything. You got the Muppets, yeah. you got the Christmas Carol, you got Michael Caine playing sure. Scrooge. Sure, sure, yeah. Like where the, where where the wild things are broke me in half, and I was bawling at the end of that fucking movie. But I also love that movie, and I love what it's about. Right, and that's another good example too, because those things actually existed at one point, though. <laughs> this this deer is not fucking magic. Yeah, yeah. The wild things in that movie are are far more real and tangible than this fucking magic supposed magical reindeer yeah i just um i just don't need it uh pass uh no thanks just go look up the fucking jingle all the way clip where arnold schwarzenegger punches a fucking reindeer in the face (laughs) that's better than this that has more emotional (laughs) impact than this movie i don't make it feel more than 30 seconds and this will in two hours so that's it that's prancer from 1989 directed by john hancock Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Still a Skeleton McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Young lady... I was up half the night with a pregnant cow and a crazy horse. I'm tired. My hand hurts. I've got a sick wife to tend to. I can't help you. But I tell you, he's one of Santa's. Then call Santa. Santa.